Big Red Louie Podcast. We are here for episode number two. I am your host, Jacob Lane. I'm joined by a crew of superstars tonight. Uh, we thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can find us on Twitter at the Big Red Louie. You can find us online at thebigredlouie.com or bigredlouie.com, excuse me. Presley, buddy, how you doing? I'm absolutely incredible. We have some basketball on in the background. The door is open. Um, it is March. I am absolutely ecstatic. Yeah, it is really a, a good day. We are two days shy of the NCAA tournament uh, kicking off, and this is the best time of year. Also joined by Ethan Sproles, U of L Villains. Ethan, what's going on, guys? How are we doing? Doing well. Good, good. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are we've been waiting for this for weeks now, and it is finally here. We are joined by the man, the myth. The legend, DJ Benemy. Did I say that right? You said it right. That's the first, hey, first time. So you got you it the first time. That was pretty good. I that may have practiced for the last <laughs> week. No, but in all seriousness, uh, you may know DJ, uh, former uh, co-host or sit-in with Howie Lindsay on 790KRD, former track superstar at the University of Louisville, and now, ladies and gentlemen, a Columbia student. Congratulations, man. <laughs> appreciate it. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right, let's jump right into this. You, you guys that have been listening know that we start the segment uh, the show off with a segment called Something You Learned. I think that's the name of it. I don't know if we have an official name. Uh, Ethan, tell me something you learned this week. Um, I learned that the NCAA does not make matchups based off of storylines, and it's definitely not... Um, for that, it's all coincidence. It's all coincidence. So, yeah. Presley? Any sarcasm is good. A, a lot. <laughs> a, lot a, a lot of sarcasm. I learned that uh, that the net rankings, the new NCAA net rankings that we were all supposed to value this whole season. That the NCAA created themselves. Was yeah. absolute crap. So they spent all this money on this new system, and then we get got a list right here in front of me. So NC State, 33rd ranked out. Clemson, 35th out. Ole Miss in. Oklahoma in at 36, 37. Go all the way down to Alabama, 59th out, UNCG out at 60, and then you got Arizona State at 63 in, St. John's at 73 in, you got Ohio State at 55 in, Temple at 56 in, all these teams that you know we didn't think were going to be in in the first place based on, on the net rankings. So net rankings are crap. Yeah, Basically, yeah. just scrap yeah. that. Don't care <clears> about those next year at all. Uh, DJ, what do you think? Um, what do I think about the net rankings, or what did I learn this week? What did you learn this week? Sorry. Oh, this week, what I learned, I learned what you look like. <laughs> I had no idea what you looked like this whole time. That is true. What did you think? So hold on. Before let's give the audience like a little this. snapshot like of this. this. So in our group message that we all have as writers, Presley and myself are the only two I believe that don't have our actual pictures on there. I have the picture of Chris Mack drinking the Capri Sun, and yours is a picture <laughs> of Michael picture. Scott, yep. which yep. you are not Michael Scott. No, I'm not. What did you expect? That's what I'm curious. Less or more handsome. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, neither. I just, when I first saw you, I was like, wow, like this, I just, <laughs> you look nothing like what I expected you look like. But, uh, but that's the that's question. Good. What, yeah. yeah. What did you expect? That's, I mean, I expected you to be a little bit taller. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I get it. I mean, um, I didn't, I didn't expect you to have a uh, red beard. Like, I yeah. Mean, yeah. That's kind of uh, weird, right? Yeah. I mean, I didn't expect that. I didn't think you have blue eyes. There you go. All right. I kind of knew what, obviously, we, we know what Ethan was Yeah, because like, Ethan's on TV every five Right, right, right. <laughs> and one. And yeah, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, I mean, that's a lot of Ethan's voice is deeper than I expected. Well, uh, I, I don't know if that's a good thing. That's a good thing. <laughs> that's a good thing. So, so before you got here, I told him what I thought you looked like. I've seen pictures of you, but I've never seen you in person. I thought you were going to be about 5'3". 
Just a what? Just a, like just a muscle ball, like a small little guy who's just ripped, and like just like, like a running back. I, mean, I kind of expected yeah. the same yeah. thing. Yeah, so I wasn't too far off. I mean, how tall are you? Five ten? Five five ten? When I talk to regular people, five eleven. When I talk to the women. <laughs> oh man! All right, and I will finish this up. I learned that Donovan Mitchell is not good at predicting brackets. I don't know if you guys have seen the graphic really? going around today. Oh, what? What? Donovan on, Mitchell with uh, teamed up with his. Um, uh, with body armor, I think is the name of the drink, and they put his final four up on a graphic. Oh gosh. His final four is Gonzaga, Kentucky, Louisville, and I think I, I don't know who the other one is. And his championship game is Kentucky and Louisville, and he's got Louisville winning the national championship. Which shout out to Donovan for being faithful, but we all know that's not happening. Stick to the NBA. There's a chance. There's a chance. It's a tournament. One and done. So let's uh, let's jump right in. I want to get your guys' thoughts on Hannah B being the new Bachelorette. What do we think? (laughs) Ethan, I'm totally kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I told my wife I was going to start with that. that All right. So let's jump in. Let's talk a little bit about the ACC tournament. We know uh, Louisville won a game, which I mean, in the tournament with that many talented teams, that's not always easy to do. Uh, they walk away with a nice win over Notre Dame, and then uh, you know obviously end up falling to North Carolina. What what do you guys? Uh, anybody can jump in here. What what are the takeaways from the ACC tournament? For me, the takeaway is it's exactly what we expected, pretty much. I mean, I think that the expectation was for them to handle Notre Dame again and, and play kind of um, right with North Carolina, but ultimately North Carolina is just a superior team. Um, kind of on a hot streak. Uh, to me, it's exactly what I expected, and it's exactly what Louisville kind of needed going into the into the NCAA tournament was to first of all get kind of another confidence booster, and then basically um, play play North Carolina team that, that was a little bit better, but they ultimately was a competitive game and kind of a good primer for for uh, for the NCAA tournament. I mean, what I learned from the game against especially UNC was Louisville can't participate in the track meet. I mean, UNC, they look like Jamaica in the 4 by one in the Olympics. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, Louisville just look like Japan, just trying to, you know, just stay in there. <laughs> yeah. We have moments, though. We've got our first Louisville-Japan reference ever <laughs> in the history of the show. I like it. I mean, there, there was moments where it was like, okay, Louisville, Louisville's in the game. But then, I mean, like, the way they were staying in the game was hitting a bunch of threes. And, you know, like, that's not sustainable, especially with Louisville, because we saw it against Virginia. Right. You know, so, I mean, that's one thing I learned that, I mean, when Louisville slows it down in a half court offense, they can they can do fine. I mean, they gave up the most points they gave up all year, fast break wise to UNC. Like UNC was just running them up, just whenever they had opportunity, just taking off. And then I mean, we were struggling with, with, with Cody White. But one thing I can say, we won't play a team early that will be as good as UNC. In all honesty. Yeah, I definitely agree. You know, Michigan State is the two seed who U of L could potentially be matched up with if they win. And we all know Michigan State's not running anywhere. Right, they're a team right, with a three hundred right. pound center who makes their you know they they make their money off of getting the ball inside. And I think that you know we'll get into that a little bit later. I think that's a good matchup um, for Louisville. But the thing that I really took away was that Louisville was competitive throughout that entire game with Jordan Wara playing horrible. I mean, you know, you look at his stat line, three for eight from the field, which he only took eight shots. That's that's wild to me, first of all. Mm-hmm. One for four from three, finishes with seven points, two rebounds. I mean, and four turnovers. North Carolina really took him out of that game from the beginning, and Louisville still was competitive all the way through. I know that the, the game ended with a 13-point deficit, but I don't think the score was uh, indicative of how the play was for Louisville. I think that you just saw North Carolina kind of just finish strong there. If Louisville can get a better performance from Jordan Ward consistently through the first couple of games in the NCAA tournament, 
I think they're a dangerous team, especially if they play the way that they did just about through everybody else in their lineup. What do you think, Uh, It was good to see DJ uh, have two decent games. Uh, He looked a lot more confident out there. Um, Darius played all right. Considering those two, how badly they were playing literally not too long ago, um, it was nice to see them playing better. Um, I think CeCe's due. It's been a while since he's consistently put together a good string of games, and I'm hoping that he can have a really good tournament because we need him. Yeah, you know, you look at his stat line and he finished with seven assists. I think that's a huge, you know, uh, indicator of the fact that Louisville was able to stay competitive, seeing as how, you know, Jordan Moore couldn't get his own offense going. And I think when that's the case, you really have to run through CC, which really, I mean, let's be honest, Louisville should be running their offense through Kristen Cunningham every single play because he's the point guard. Uh, that's not always the case with Louisville. Uh, but the other thing that really kind of stands out to me was, was Malik Williams, 10 and 13. We've seen so many times this year where he just doesn't come to play against teams with good big guys. Um, you know, he's he's not the strongest. He's not the, the most athletic, even though he is, you know, a former five-star uh, recruit. But when he shows up to a game and he is prepared mentally to bang down low, you really get a good – you know, you really get a different caliber of, caliber of player from him. And I think that it's very infectious throughout the rest of the team. Um, you know, he, he rebounds with, you know, 13 of the, the, the 33 of those, those boards. I don't, I, I don't think the rest of the team really rebounded well outside of him. Um, but I think that for the majority of that game, he kept them with his play inside, with his ability to kind of clean up around the rim. Um, you know, two offensive rebounds, 11 defensive rebounds. He gave Louisville extra possessions that weren't necessarily there because of the way that he was playing aggressively. And you don't always get that out of him. I mean, absolutely, and I think that's, you know, that'll be a key going forward. I think that their first matchup um, against Minnesota, um, a big matchup is going to be Louisville centers versus Minnesota inside. Um, I think that it's one thing to say that the cards have talent down low, um, but but it's another to say that that they're probably not as consistent as we'd like them to be. Um, I think that it's going to be a big matchup going into that game. you know, kind of utilizing them and, and taking advantage of, um, you know, Minnesota's probably one of their weaknesses, and now it looks like it could be they could have a lack of depth down low um, with um, former Louisville player Mott Stockman uh, possibly not uh, not playing. Um, so there's definitely definitely uh, um, you know an area that they could take advantage of there. So yeah. I want I want to jump back into the ACC tournament, not to to cut you off there, but I, what was there anything that left you guys kind of desiring more? I mean, obviously it would have been nice to pick up a win against North Carolina. You felt like for a good chunk of that game that a win was possible. I know Cully White was really dominant from beginning to end. Cam Cam Johnson and um, and Luke May just kind of did their thing. But when when you look back at the ACC tournament, I know it was a short stay. Did you was I mean, I don't even know how to word this question. What were you – was there something that you were, like, still seeking that you didn't see, or did you kind of get what you expected? Um, I guess you didn't see. Um, I thought Jordan was going to – I mean, I really wanted him to step up in that in that game. I mean, he, he usually has. I mean, I got no against Duke, against Tennessee, scored 20-plus points. I mean, it was kind of disappointing to see him basically – I kind mean, of the second half, he was virtually invisible. Yes. I mean, he wasn't even shooting the ball. I mean, there's no reason why you finish with eight shot attempts. You're the best player on the team. You're third team All ACC. Should have been second team All ACC. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, against UNC, the best team that, I mean, we played all year, in all honesty, you know, the hottest team in the country. Yeah. You can't just mm-hmm. take eight shots. Yeah. You know, just like, you know, like we all alluded to in the round table for the ACC tournament, the way we can beat UNC is if we're hitting threes and Jordan has a big game because for you to knock off a point like that, you have to have a big game from your best player. Especially when that's where it's game, too. You know, he's, he's a high-volume shooter. He's not a guy that, uh, you know, he, he's, he makes it a pretty good clip, but he, he's, you know, you yeah. kind of – you kind of have to have, you know, five, ten possessions a game where he's probably going to be missing. It's going to be kind of a one-and-done type of possession. Yeah, the fact that Stephen Enoch took more shots than Jordan Moore. Right. Would, if, if I'm Chris Mack, I've got huge red flags there. Mm-hmm. It, and look, I, I know a lot of Stephen Enoch shots were around the rim. That's okay with me. And I'm not even necessarily mad at Jordan Moore taking eight shots if it's eight good shots. But the fact that it, you, you have to think at some point in that game, if you even watch it, it looks like he just kind of – and just took himself out. I don't know if that was mentally, if he was kind of frustrated with North Carolina the way they were playing him defensively. I don't know if that's, you know, we've seen him this season kind of shut down when he doesn't get going early. I, I don't know what it was, but all I do know is moving forward, if you don't have Jordan War at your best, you're not getting past anybody in the NCAA no, tournament. Absolutely right? not. I agree, and this is kind of going back to what DJ said as well. We shot eight free throws against UNC. That, that is not our game. We, our best games of the season have been when we slow it down, get to the free throw line, and shooting eight free throws is not going to get it done. And that, that was something that I was disappointed to see when we were trying to run with UNC. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. So move, moving into the NCAA tournament, it, the, the two games that Louisville played, is it a confidence builder or a confidence breaker for you guys in the ability to be able to make a run here? I mean, the last three games have been confidence builders. Um, <clears throat> I mean, against UVA, I mean, you're up by seven in the second half. You know what I mean? You, know, you kind of collapse towards the end. But, I mean, then you go into, you know, the game, you handle them, and then you're competing with UNC. I mean, there's no reason why, as a Louisville fan, you shouldn't believe that you could get to the Sweet 16. I mean, I might not think we'll probably get to the Sweet 16. But, I mean, reality, Michigan State is down to two two leading, two scores that give them a lot of points. They're down mm-hmm. both of them. Um Louisville's relatively healthy. Um, Jordan had a bad game. We were still able to compete with UNC. CC is due for a big game, as Ethan alluded to earlier. So, I mean, the way things are set up, you know, Minnesota doesn't shoot the ball well at all. So it's going to be a slow-paced game. I mean, we can just, you know, get inside the paint. Right. We can take care of Minnesota and then, you know, see where the cards lie when it comes to Michigan State. Pun intended. Um, <laughs> all right, so let's let's talk about the NCAA tournament. First of all, let's applaud CBS for not wasting time yes. this year. I don't know how many years in a row it's been where it's taken yeah. an hour to get the bracket. Right. I turned the channel on at 6.01, and they had already announced the 16 and the 1 seed. Right. That's, right. That's great. I, I was a little nervous that I, you know, I, I, well, when I turned it on, I was nervous, the fact that I missed something. But clearly, I didn't miss much of anything. But normally, you turn that on at 6.30, and they're still not even telling you who the first team is. You know, mm-hmm. last year, they unveiled everything alphabetically. I'm glad that they listen. That's a that's a big thing. Um, so anyway, so they get down to the seven seed. They announce Louisville. I don't know about you guys, but I knew the ten seed was Minnesota. I mean, I think yeah. everybody on the planet who mm-hmm. has followed anything Louisville basketball knew that that was going to be Minnesota. What were your first thoughts? I mean, my my first initial thought is you know, I, for me, I don't even think about the storylines. I kind of thought about the matchups, especially as we we're watching the bracket unfold. I think that the the things that we're thinking about and the things that we talked about kind of ad nauseum was um, if we're going to be a seven seed, the best 10 seed to get is probably Minnesota. They're on that 10-11 line. 
Um, and if, if we are going to you know be playing a two seed, I think that the out of the four or five two seeds, the best two seed to be playing is Michigan State. Right. Um, so mm-hmm. and especially after we all kind of sat there and watched the the whole um, you know kind of emotional ordeal unfold, Michigan State with, with one of their better players getting hurt, probably you know obviously that being out for the season. So um, I was kind of excited to see it. I don't you know. For me, it's a little bit different than years past, where they've been super successful, where you're already looking at who the the one seed is. But for me, I wasn't even thinking about Duke being in our bracket. It was just more, you know, okay, that's you know, you can reach the Sweet 16. Probably, um, you pro- probably have the best chance of reaching the Sweet 16 through the two teams that we got to play. So that was kind of my first initial thought on, on this on this pairing. Yeah, I agree. I think that when you look at the other ten seeds, I think that maybe a matchup with <laughs> Iowa would be just as a as a desirable game as Minnesota. I mean, I think those teams are pretty much inter- interchangeable. Uh, but two of the 10 seeds that I wanted to avoid were Florida and Seton Hall. Thankfully, yeah. Louisville was able mm-hmm. to avoid both of them, um, even though they've already beat Seton Hall this season. I, the way that they played down the stretch in the Big oh, East yeah. tournament, I wanted no part of Miles Bow, yeah. no part of him. Um, so to be able to, to draw Minnesota, uh, and then obviously, you know, Michigan State, assuming that they beat Bradley, was an ideal draw. And I think that with Minnesota, the thing is, you know, get you get past those storylines, which obviously I understand, you know, those being there. I think that it's an interesting dynamic with a 7 and a 10 seed that normally nobody would really care about. Yeah. Um, but I think that Minnesota is the perfect team for Louisville to play because of the way that – because of their style of play, which is to play slow, which is to not shoot very many threes, mm-hmm. to get inside. Those are things that Louisville can defend very well. Um, and then offensively, you know, I do worry about Louisville's – uh, going up against a two-three zone matchup, we've seen them several times this year in that two-three zone. Duke and Syracuse specifically come to mind, where they just were absolutely, you know, un- dumbfounded and then no clue what to do. Uh, but I would hope that with a couple of days' repair and knowing it's coming, it'd be a little bit different. And then obviously, most years with a Patino team, we've become, you know, with you know with Rick being here, we know what a what that press looks like. But thankfully, this Minnesota team, because of depth issues, they don't press. What they don't, but they probably will now. I think it'd be silly not to. <laughs> right. um, but I think that Louisville is set up really well to make a run to at least the Sweet 16, which I think we can all agree on as the ceiling here. And I don't think that's a problem. No. I, I think that a Sweet 16 would be, I think a win in the first round and a loss in the second round would be would be fine yeah. with most fans because of the way that, you know, beginning of the season, nobody really expected them to be here anyways. Uh, but point being, when I saw that, I, you know, I get the storylines. It's fine. I didn't make a huge deal out of it. I think it's cool. Actually, I would have loved Rick to be there so that he could watch his son right. lose. But um, <laughs> I understand why he's not going to be there. Um, but, but I want to talk about the storylines a little bit, right? So we, we've seen two national commentators now, Mike Greenberg and Jay Billis, both come out and publicly shame the NCAA selection committee for doing that. What are, you, what are your all's thoughts on that? Do you think that that was deliberate in putting Louisville and Minnesota together? Because – you, you see a guy like Seth Davis kind of on opposition of, you know, calling out Mike Greenberg for saying that, that he thought it was deliberate by saying, you know, they don't look at that. They don't do storylines. What do you guys think? I'm curious. Come on. It's, it was, it was deliberate. I mean, you know, the NCAA wanted, they wanted Patino there. They wanted the camera shots. They wanted all the attention and the great ratings and the, and you know, that'd be great for them and great for the tournament. Um, and they, they do it all the time. There, there's a reason why Oklahoma got in last year when they were terrible. They didn't lose a game in February. You make you can make the tournament for a good storyline. Mm-hmm. I, I think there are teams this year that made the tournament that were, are in the tournament for just for having a good storyline or a really good player. 
Yeah, the, I'm curious. I'm curious of your take on this. Not being from here, not being here, kind of in the the heart of the Patino years, and kind of catching it as a student on the tail end with all the scandals yeah. and everything. And now with obviously Rick not being here, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, you think um, Louisville fans are crazy? Do I think Louisville fans are crazy? Yes. Louisville fans are but I mean, I'm crazy about my Dolphins, so I, I get it. So I, I get the, you know. People being fans. Shout um, out Ryan pa- Fitzpatrick, baby. Just keep getting that money, man. As long as he loses, <laughs> I'm fine. Games, I'm happy. It's all about bringing two of the Miami. But uh, back on topic, I believe the NCAA, you know, did that intentionally. I mean, it's all about TV ratings, storylines. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what drives this. That's what drives sports. Like, I mean, you could easily have Louisville against Florida. I mean, that's not. People might not even tune in. This probably this probably be the highest rated seven versus ten matchup. In the entire NCAA tournament, you got Rick Pitino. I mean, not, we got Rick Pitino's son going against his old alma mater. Like, mm-hmm. come on now. Like, mm-hmm. of course, they should have done that. Just like you said earlier, how they uh, you said earlier how last year Oklahoma got it. Oklahoma was terrible. Yeah, they got Everybody wants to see Trey Young. Yeah, and you exactly. know they were trying to get Indiana in. Indiana just didn't give them enough to get them in because they would want to see. In the tournament, because mm-hmm. it's all about TV ratings at right. the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I think. That's my take on that. Um, I'm not shocked at all. And if they said that, oh, you know, they don't look the storylines. All right, sure. And when I drive, I make sure my eyes are open. Like, okay, I hear you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that that's just my take on it. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just gonna add really quickly too. St. John's. What was their net ranking? Like seventy something. It's high. It's high. And, it's and like. And who who do they just so happen to have on their team? Shamari Bonds. I mean, right. there's a reason why they're in the tournament. 73. Yeah. But then you have NC State, 33, Clemson, 33. I mean, I don't think NC State should have gotten it. I, no, I, NC I State had – we had better wins, like us <clears throat> us four, than NC State. We didn't play anybody. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, let's be honest. Their best win, though, was against Auburn. I'll get them that. They did beat Auburn. Oh, that's it. That's SEC champion right there. Yeah. I mean – I mean, I don't, I don't understand why we were clamoring for them to get in. I mean, you went nine and nine in the ACC. Right. Well, I think that this year, I mean, if you look at their RPI, I believe it was over a hundred. Yeah. Uh, if you look at Ken Palm, it, it was, it, it was extremely high too. But you know, I think everybody was basing their opinions off of um, the net rankings this year. Um, you look at, you know, margin, margin of victory or margin of loss or whatever they're calling it now. Um, you know, they lost a lot of close games. They lost, you know, some, some kind of like weird. Odd games, yeah. um, but they also just they had some complete clunkers. I mean, they had one they had one game where they scored twenty four points in a game. Right, yeah, that, who wants to see that in a tournament? Right, yeah. I agree. But I, here's, I am different. I believe St. John's deserved to be in. They had three very good wins. They beat Marquette twice. One of them by thirty points. They yeah. beat Villanova once. St. John should have been in. I think that you know they, they kind of faltered down the stretch. Whatever. I understand they got to win in, in the Big East. I put them in. We're not a St. John's podcast, but I believe they should have been in. And I'm excited that finally Chris Mullins got in the NCAA tournament. Okay. Real quick, what about this one? Do you all have a problem with Michigan State being put in Duke's bracket? No, you, know, you know, it's interesting. Yeah, I don't have a problem with it. I care less who Duke plays. Give them the, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, but everybody just as a fairness right. thing no. for, for Duke. I, I think it is interesting, though, because the way that the tournament bracket is supposed to be laid out is that the best number one seed is supposed to have the worst number two seed. Exactly. That's now, I would have to go in and look at this thing in depth to know who the worst But wouldn't they be the worst two seed right now when you think about it? Like, the Michigan one, the better player? Wouldn't they be the worst two seed? Yeah. No, I think Michigan would be the worst two seed. Well, Michigan is healthy. Yeah, but they lost to Michigan State in but the Big Ten Okay, there are, I get that, but... That's true, but I understand that they're not as healthy. They have Langford's been out for five weeks; like he's not coming back. Nick Ward is back healthy. That would give me more incentive to make them the, the thing that, and they beat Michigan State pretty easily. If I remember correctly, 
I'm pretty sure that the selection committee spokesman that was on the show literally said we were torn between Michigan State and some of those other teams in the one seed line. I mean, you put them in the over in the one, number one overall seed. As a, I just don't get that. I don't, yeah, I, you know, I won't complain again. I, I won't complain either. Kentucky, so. I won't complain either. <laughs> I if I'm a Duke fan, once. though, I'm, I'm, a, I'm upset. See, I'm not, though. Because I'm not, if you're though. Duke, you're going to destroy yeah, you're Michigan gonna destroy State, 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 Like, I am not worried about the fact that Nick Ward is going to be chasing around Zion Williams. Yeah, right, give me right. that all day long. Yeah, like, I mean, I know, obviously, right. that's I'll give you all that one. I'll give you all that one. Yeah, if I'm Duke, I'm more frustrated that that uh, Virginia Tech is in my bracket. I'm more yeah. frustrated that, that I have to worry about playing a team like Mississippi State potentially. You know, even Louisville again. I mean, there's other things in that that region that would give me a bone to pick than Michigan State. Man, LSU even more than Michigan State. I think LSU loses to Yale. You know what? I'm becoming more and more convinced that Yale's going to beat Same. LSU. And if I'm not mistaken, a couple of weeks ago when I told you, I told you that LSU DJ, I told you that LSU was going to be distracted. By everything that was going on, and they got – I mean, I know the game wasn't a waxing by any chance. I mean, Florida out, completely outplayed them. In the second half. In the second half, right. No, that's all right. That's all it takes to win a game sometimes. <laughs> but I'm telling you, LSU, when your coach is out with yeah, an FBI right. investigation, I know what that feels like as a fan. Yeah, right. mm-hmm. I know how the players oftentimes play in that, in that situation. But anyway, let's jump in back into Louisville, Minnesota, because <laughs> that's what we're here to talk about. We'll talk about the NCAA tournament a little bit later. To, to win that game, right, I know we can talk about Michigan State all day long. So Minnesota, who's the guy? Who is it? I mean, I think the easy answer is Jordan Mora. <clears throat> but who is it that you have to get a great game out of to win? Oh, CC. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Got to get a great game out of CC. It's been a while. He's been in a major slump. But I think he's been in that slump because over usage. Because at one point, we weren't even playing Perry at one point. Perry was barely coming in. Yeah, right, um, right. I mean, so he was basically the – de facto point guard like for the entire and you gotta understand when he's out there starting you got Ford out there also Ford can't you know he can't shoot mm-hmm. can't really dribble yeah. and <laughs> there's not much he can do offensively right, right, great right. defensive player but offensively yeah. you know you know what it is when, when, when you have four out there um, yeah. so CeCe's really been the only distributor of the basketball on the yeah. entire team for a stretch so he probably was worn out this little break fight probably allowed him to recalibrate and get ready for, you know, third. When we play Thursday, correct? Yes. Yep. Yeah, just double check. We play Thursday, and then he should be good to go. We get a good game from him. We should win this um, convincingly. I don't know if it'll be a blowout, but it should be convincing that we'll be in control of the entire game. All right, you can't say CC. You can't say CC. Give me somebody else. I mean, I, I think it's Jordan Ward. I mean, if you look at the last <clears throat> two games, it's it's a perfect example of of. What Louisville gets when they have Jordan Ward at his best, and what they get when he, when they don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, against Notre Dame again. Notre Dame doesn't hold a candle to North Carolina. I get right. that, but um, you know, Ward was basically you know the reason why Louisville just absolutely just torched Notre mm-hmm. Dame in the first round yep. in their first game in the ACC tournament. And then you look at, at uh, you know Ward and against North Carolina, non-existent, and you know Louisville can't hang with them. Right, so, right, right. Your, yeah, right. your best player has to play at his best in order to beat the best teams in the country when you're not. When you're not in the top on the top tier, right? Ethan, what about you? I mean, I want to say Nor or CC, but for to make it interesting, I'm gonna go with Dwayne Sutton. Okay, okay, okay. Because do you do we think that Dwayne Sutton comes out guarding him your coffee? There's a chance. I I think so because I mean I think he's a better defender than Nor. Yeah, I think that I think a hundred out of a hundred people would agree. I'm just saying. So. I, I I mean you can't put Nora on your mm-hmm. coffee. I, I I think I'd put Sutton on coffee. Um, we need a good game on the boards from him. 
Um, he's been really up and down lately. Um, so if we if we can get some good consistent play out of him, where he's rebounding the ball, where he's playing good defense, where he's shooting a little better, um, that'll be huge because you know they're going to hone in on Nora. Mm-hmm. And and when they do that, when they and they like to, they'll probably double team him or Enoch because whenever he gets going too, he he can't handle that double team. And we're gonna need somebody. We need somebody to shoot the ball. So mm-hmm. you go ahead, Shaka for me. Yeah. I mean, we, we should start VJ at, at the two. Guard. I don't no, think anybody will disagree with you, and I, I yeah. and I'll take that a step further. I think you should start Jordan at the two guard and put VJ at the four, based off of the way that he's yeah. rebounded the last right. two. Right. right, that's what I was saying. Because you're gonna if you're gonna key in on um, Jordan, then Jordan, you know, he's a high volume scorer. Yeah. Get shots up. You know, VJ's great mm-hmm. at you know attacking the basket, and get yeah. offensive boards, so that that leave lanes open, that we get boards, and then we can go from there. In yeah. All honesty. Look, I I don't mean this to be mean. I. I and not in the game of criticizing college kids, but I don't believe that Quan Four should even play against Minnesota, because ever uh, yeah I know I know it sounds crazy, but everything mm-hmm. that you can get from Quan Four you can get from Darius Perry, right? right. And nice. you're going to get offensively yes. even more than you get working with Quan. <laughs> right. And you know I'm not saying that Quan can't give you something defensively. He can't. I mean every once in a while he'll even give you five six points. But the dude went four or five games without even scoring, and he right. takes the first two shots of. Every, every single, single ball game, game. Yes. because no, yeah. I mean, okay, so we had a rule in high school on my AAU team when we would play against teams that had kids that weren't very good, and we would mm-hmm. call it a self check, and we would yell out self check as a defensive play where you nobody would guard the kid that couldn't score. That I mean, I feel like that's what kids, that's what teams are Basically doing to Quan Four. I mean, I don't mean yeah. to be mean when I say that, yeah. but yeah. I mean, I think that we would all be kidding ourselves to think that you're going to get an incredible offensive performance out of him out of nowhere. I just I mean, don't they, see it. Think about the first two games against Duke. I don't know if you guys can recall that, but he legit like had two wide-open layups and missed two wide-open layups. He like, took, I think he took the first five shots or, or five shots in the first ten minutes of that game, and he missed every single one of them. And if he had just <laughs> hit two of them, I mean, obviously I don't think that that would have stopped the comeback, but it would have <laughs> put you up by even more because, right, right. I mean – and to think that, that he should be starting just because he's a good defensive player is blasphemy, in my opinion, because mm-hmm. you have Perry, you have King, two guys who we have seen can play defense. And my question would be to Chris Mack, if I could ask him a question, is what are you seeing out of him that we're not? Because like I think it's just, like you've alluded to in the past, Jake, of it, he's very much... He wants to go with the senior veteran guys. And, I, and I get and, it, but he's not played in the NCAA tournament. So and, like, and well, BJ I, has. Right. It's yes. not like you're he's getting... Gonna be, let's think about this. Who are the... I think it's Sutton and BJ are the only guys in this team that have ever been in the tournament. Is that true? For, for uh, Louisville and like for, two other guys. I think uh, I think Enoch uh, with... Who, who was the one that used to play? Because Sutton, Sutton played for Asheville. Yeah, yeah but yeah, yeah. he also played for Louisville two years ago. On That's that right. right. Or no, no, no. Oh, was Sutton no, eligible no, last year? Well, he was, he was okay. at least with the team. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so you fast you, you were I saw it was four it was four people I forgot the name I forgot the other two names I'm gonna think through this real quick because it's gonna bug me if I don't not CC. so it, yeah it's not Cord yeah he played on that team played with, played with Terry and uh, I think that was Jesus what 2012 I know yeah. I'm as a, I'm graduated in college in 2015 and Cord are the same age so let that kind of sink in for a second. I am 25 yeah let's see 24 what are you to six in May. Okay. Yeah. So I turned twenty five in December, so I mean, don't feel too old. No, I mean, but I'm just saying, Akoi has been in. Co- he came into college my sophomore year. Yeah. So let that sink in. I was. So it's I think I was in middle school. All right. I'm gonna look this up <laughs> now because this is. I remember. Uh, this been. I mean, side note. There's been like two times where I've given Akoi a ride. Cause I do lift on the side. I give him a ride twice, both to bars. <laughs> <laughs> 
Nice. Yeah. All right. So if you look at this line, Akoy has played in the tournament. Cunningham has not. I don't think Enoch had made it with UConn. I don't think they played in the tournament. No, I think it was Enoch. Okay. We know VJ King played. Ryan McMahon played in the NCAA tournament two years ago. Jordan did not. Darius did not. Jacob Redding did not. Neither did Will Rainey. Neither did Dwayne Sutton or Malik Williams. So it's got to be Akoy, Stephen Enoch, VJ, and Ryan McMahon. Those are the four guys who have tournament experience. Uh, you're going to probably get three out of the four of those guys on the court. This well, and, here, and here's something to consider, too. And I talked about this in my article a little bit. How hungry do you think B.J. King is to, to finally silence everybody? And this is his time to shine. He's been playing better. I mean, he literally wasn't playing a month ago. And <laughs> Anybody who went from not playing to playing a little bit is probably playing better. <laughs> this may that be is a cold hard I'm not for sure. I'm not, you know. This might be wishful thinking, but something, something in me just thinks that VJ is going to have yeah. something for us. Preston and I talked about this last week. I think that if you just put Notre Dame jerseys on any team that Louisville plays against, he's going to play well. Yeah, he'll dominate, right? So he played, he played better against uh, UNC. He yeah. did, and he went. He only missed one shot. That's a that's a big deal. Jacob laid out a 22 step plan. Basically... 40 points, 40 days to get the company back in order. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't watch The Office. Yeah, that something. reference flew right over your head. Right. That flew over mine, too. Yeah, that's all right. I watch Dragon Ball Z, though. But... It's something fine. We'll make sure we reference yeah. Dragon Ball Z before the show's over. <laughs> no problem, no problem. Uh, but basically, though, I, I think my, my comment on BJ would just be, um, I didn't really get it. I haven't gotten a chance to really sit down and really soak in the North Carolina game, but... Um, as I was kind of watching while I was working, you know, passing by the TV, I was like, dang, Enoch is like killing it right now. And then like, I like pop my head back around and be like, oh shit, that's BJ. Like, <laughs> right, right, like right, because right. first of all, BJ has put on a lot of muscle um, lately. But I mean, and he also got a haircut. Let's not forget that. My man, like, I'm, I'm not, you know, trying to exaggerate at all. Like he's looked like a beast, like a completely different guy on the boards. Yeah, he I, has. Think, I think that's been a, a major key. And that's another thing, again, if you kind of, made that change to the lineup and had him playing maybe 20 minutes, you know, after, after three or four. Yeah. Um, then all of a sudden you're adding, you know, I mean, I've, I've not, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I would imagine Quanta 4 averages, what, maybe two rebounds a game. So Yeah, it's, it's like two points, two rebounds. It, it, it's pretty It's pretty low. Yeah, and again, I, that, I, I probably sound like a butthole for saying he shouldn't even play, but what is he giving them? Here's my thing, defense? though, but if you, if you bring – BJ to the starting lineup, you, you may lose that spark coming off the bench with, with right, BJ, right. you know, and then maybe if you, if you start Darius and BJ, right. you're going to lose that spark on the bench because Ford is now come off the bench to give you a spark of any sort, you right. know, I mean, who's coming off the bench to give you a spark? I think in that right. point, you really have to rely on Brian McMahon and Stephen Enoch, which, all right, right. so back to our question, I'm going to reel us in here for a little bit and I'm going to answer the question. I think that the most important player for Louisville in this game is Malik Williams. And also, I'm going to give a second answer to that, which I'm the host, so I can do that. And Stephen Enoch. Because you look at the rebounding stats for Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Jordan Murphy is a walking double-double. I mean, okay. He does it every game. Good. I don't know how many games this season he doesn't have a double-double, but I'm going to guess it's less than five. Right. The kid just straight walks onto the floor and has ten rebounds to his name. He averages 14 and almost 12. Yeah, so. I mean, he, again, he, he is a double-double machine. And then you put in the freshman Daniel Arturo, who is another big kid who is in there to grab rebounds. And they don't they don't play this four-in-one-out uh, – or four-out-one-in offense. Like, they're going to have yeah. two big dudes on the floor at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. And Stephen Enoch – and obviously, you know, then you have to delegate your rebound to Dwayne Sutton during more, which we have seen Louisville do just fine all season long. Right. Louisville legit has five dudes who can go out on the floor and grab ten rebounds on any given night. Mm-hmm. 
But this is where you're going to need Steven Enoch and Malik Williams to be at their best because they're going against a team who have two big dudes who can put up 10 and 10 easy. Mm-hmm. And getting 10 rebounds, 20 rebounds from two guys, I said earlier, it's all about creating new possessions for yourself. <clears throat> yes, and yeah. that's what it comes down to is rebounding. Is Yeah, the number looks good in the, stat, in, the in the box score, but what are you doing with those possessions? Mm-hmm. And I think that that you first of all you got to start with getting those possessions, and that's going to mean Enoch and Williams have to have a hunger for the basketball. Mm-hmm. It's plain and simple. If not, Louisville's going to get beat because Minnesota is going to rebound the basketball. That's the one thing we know about them. They may not shoot the ball well. They may not have a good you know a point guard who's going to go out there and be able to put up ten assists or you know anybody outside of Mirkovi who will score more than twelve points. But they're going to rebound the basketball and it's going to mm-hmm. give them a chance. Mm-hmm. And if Enoch and Williams don't go out there with some kind of force to get boards, you know it's going to be a long night. A long day, 12 o'clock right. noon right. game. A long morning. And, and so, I mean, the, the one thing that you'll notice, too, that's that's very similar with Minnesota's game to how Louisville's played, um, and, and something that, that I think will um, finally, as, as maybe as a Louisville fan, start, start to set in a little bit playing Minnesota, is just that um, Minnesota has that knack for kind of getting their hands in the lane um, you know, deflections. deflections. I bet that the Patinos at Thanksgiving, all they talk about is deflections. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they watch film and oh, look at this. Do you see that deflection? It's like it, but it's no joke, though. I mean, that's that, that's their game. And, you know, they're shooting a very low percentage and it'd be even lower if they didn't generate points off of turnovers. Um, but they're, they're the type of team that they're going to get really physical with you at the basket. They don't mind, you know, committing some fouls, especially, you know, if they're calling fouls, you're going to keep committing fouls and keep, you know, Obviously, it's not like the Louisville teams of the past with depth, but they don't mind getting physical and turning it into a free throw contest. So right. I think that you know, yeah, I, I think that that's something that Stephen Enoch and Malik Williams have to kind of be you know game for. Um, I think that a lot of times when teams kind of physically impose their will against our bigs, right. um, you know, Louisville tends to just kind of fade away a little bit, and I, right. I think that's something that they have to be prepared for. Is that you know. Like Ryan McMahon said in the past, you got to kind of be men on the boards. Right, and I think that rebounding is a skill. Don't get me wrong. I think you can work on it, but I think more than anything, it's a mindset. I think mm-hmm. it has to be a mindset of that I'm going to get out there on the floor, and no matter what you do to stop me, I'm going to get that basketball. And we've seen this year Louisville out-rebound teams by 30 rebounds, 20 rebounds. I mean, they put up 53 rebounds against, I think it was Notre Dame the second time maybe, mm-hmm. or the first time, I'm sorry. And then we've seen games where they come out and they get 20 rebounds. I mean, I'm looking at the box mm-hmm. score against uh, a Michigan State, which we'll, we'll bounce in. We'll get into this here in a second. The first time around, Louisville's team got out-rebounded by one. Like their, I'm sorry, their starters got out-rebounded by one player in that game. They still won right. the game, don't get me wrong. But you can't tell me that rebounding is not a mindset because it has to be that no matter what you do, what you try to do to me, no matter where you are, I'm going to get that ball. And that's point, I mean, that's point blank at the end of it. So let's talk about Michigan State a little bit. You know, obviously you have to win the first game to get to Michigan State, but we're probably not going to be all together again before that happens. Right. Um, so you already beat the team once. That that right there alone makes me nervous. You've already yeah. beat them once. <laughs> they, they already want to beat you, so right, that's right, the right. first thing. Um, but what's different about this Michigan State team is there's no Joshua Langford. Mm-hmm. Nick Ward is uh, going to be in, his, I think, his third or fourth game back since breaking his hand. Um, no Kyle Aarons, who, I mean, gosh, man, how bad was that yeah, to watch that dude break his yeah. ankle? I, I, you know, I think it, Louisville fans have more sympathy for any any sport where you watch a guy like that break a bone on national television and then have the, the camera crew rewind it mm-hmm. and replay it 15 times. Um, so to say that they're a little bit depleted would be an understatement. 
I think that, but I, in the same hand, I think that's the best draw that you can get. But yet again, Michigan State just won the Big Ten tournament. They beat a really good Michigan team. What do we What do we think on that? Like, like, what are your thoughts? I mean, well, ju- just like, um, you know, ju- just like how Louisville is depleted, Michigan State is kind of the, the, the same. Or excuse me, the way they've changed is mm-hmm. the same way. The, the evolution of the teams. You know, if you look back, if you actually go back and watch the game against Michigan State, it, it's like watching two completely polar opposite teams. So, um, for me to say that just because they beat them four months, you know, it's basically going to be four months by the time they would get to play each other. Um, basically saying that that they, that they you know, beat them is kind of um, a frustrating statement to me to, to hear people keep repeating that over and over again because it's not, um, it's not really indicative of how I think that the game would go should the two teams end up facing each other. Um, just because the, the teams look completely different. I think that Louisville um, had much more of a mindset that the only way that they were going to score against Michigan State was just to go in and draw fouls, um, and, and they did so successfully. And now they've turned into much more of a kind of offensive set, um, kind of creating, um, you know, creating, creating different opportunities out of the offense, running a bunch of different plays that Chris Mack has continued to install and then kind of turning into a better um, three-point shooting team. Um, that's not really something that, that, that they had to start the season. And, it, it, again, with Michigan State, um, you know, they're basically – they have um, one of the players that played the best against Louisville in arms um, is it, it, going to be out. But then you have um, – you, you have, um, you know, got a guy I'm, – I'm so sorry, I can't think of his name – the guy that, that didn't play against Louisville the first time around. McQuaid. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, Matt McQuaid, who is just absolutely tearing it up right now. I think those two dudes are – I get them confused. They are interchangeable, in my opinion. <laughs> really? They, they do the same thing, right? They so, both shoot the ball really well. They're both aggressive and get into the basket. Both white. Like, let's not let's not <laughs> overlook the fact that that's the case. Right. Yeah. So, so you're saying that you feel like it's kind of a, a still a similar matchup? Yeah, you're going to get the same thing. That right. I mean, what I think Aaron's had what 12 or 13 points against Louisville the first time. Did yeah, you just say yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. No. yeah, 15. Okay, 15. Yeah. McQuaid is. Easily capable of dropping 15 on you. They're both just great shooters, great slashers. Do you feel the same way about Nick Ward and Xavier Tillman, too? Kind of. Are they both chubby? Games? Is uh, Tillman chubby? Tillman's more jacked than, than Ward is, I think. I, I think still Tillman find it incredible that a 2019 college basketball player is chubby. Like, I think that's weird. Got the Tino's teams. No, Caleb <laughs> Wesson for I, I, Ohio State, he's the same way. He's like 310 pounds, and he, he can hit three. I'm like... Tom is Alexa like, beef why on is your, guys. Yeah, why I mean, is your coach yeah. not making you lose weight? I don't know. I mean, he, I think that people have proven, I mean, freaking Zion has a little baby bat on him. He's jumping 60 inches in the air. All right, so well, that's Zion and a completely different conversation. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But, you know, the, the one thing that really stood out to me in the Michigan State game, which I would be willing to put a lot of money on in this game, is that you're it, a coy gal. I mean, he earned his scholarship in that Michigan State game. The way that yeah, he came in, because if you remember, Enoch and Williams both got two fouls very quickly. I think I think either Sutton or Moore also had two fouls, mm-hmm. and, and Akoy came in and was dominant. Yeah, like he had that awesome block, and yeah, the whole and place went nuts. He it was, was awesome. yeah, you were. You, I was not there. You were there. I think you yeah. were there as well, me, Presley. Me yeah. and Big Ross were yeah. there. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, Akoy got he got a scholarship to come back in. You knew there wasn't much left in him, but he gave you everything he had in that game. Literally every single jump he had in his knees, he used in that. I definitely believe that. Ten minutes, yeah. two points, uh, five fouls. He fouled out in ten minutes. 
uh, four rebounds, a block. It's, like it's impressive. Yeah, I don't think the stat sheet can contain how good he was though, because he, he was a good defense. Game, he brought energy. energy. Like, yeah, energy. I remember he was yelling at the guys, huddling them up, like just telling everyone what their assignments were, and it was it was awesome. But yeah, he, he was. It's, a great it's crazy player. to think he's four months older now, and he like. If he gets in the game, they're they're in big trouble. I, how many times has he played since that game? I, I would cool. say probably five. Over that. under, over under five. Uh, over I think, under. Well, somebody needs to look this up, obviously. But I'm I'm going to go over five. Over I think he's five. played more than five. But I think under. I don't think he's played more than three minutes in any of those games. Like he's there was one game in the in the ACC where he played a a few minutes, and I think he got like four fouls in a matter of three. <laughs> three minutes. He's well, I mean, all in, right. In, so I'll let you guys know after that game, it's way over five. He played against Seton oh. Hall, Central Arkansas, Indiana, North Carolina, Kansas State, well, Kent State, Robert Morris, Miami, Pitt, Boston College, Georgia Tech. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. How many games did he play more than three minutes? Yeah, that, how many of those were blowouts? That's, right, that's what I want to know. After Michigan State. Seton Hall was five minutes, Central Arkansas was 13, Indiana was six, Lipscomb and Kent State were four, Robert Morris three, Miami three, okay. Pitt All right. four. All right. Okay. All right. So I guess I remember the State game being I don't remember him playing. We're just not paying attention to the boys that apparently did. <laughs> I just, I, well, he gave I you everything he had in that Michigan State game. We were all chanting for a Corey on TV tonight, and he finally came in with like 20 seconds left. If Chris Mack wouldn't have played a Corey Gallon senior night, I would have been possibly oh, right. He was kind of hurt, I'm pretty sure. No, I'm sure he was. It doesn't matter. Who else gets a chance to have three senior night ovations? That's, that's, what I mean. that's impressive, man. If you can is, finesse yeah. three senior nights, you are doing something right in your That's life. pretty good. He he's, he's has the, almost as many senior nights as he speaks languages. So they're and just out points this season. That bad. And, and points. <laughs> Put him on the poll. How many, if we had to compare, who? what does he have more of? Points this season or... Uh, Senior nights. Well, he had more. <laughs> he has more. He had, he had two points in, against Michigan State, so he's got two other points. Did he have more than two points in any other game this year? Yeah, thirty-one on the whole time. <laughs> okay, all right. On, on the whole season. If there was anybody that could finesse thirty-one senior nights, it would be a Koya guy. Well, okay, so in, in golf, it's a big deal to shoot your age. Like once you're like in your seventies, you know, he's you know it would be pretty good. He he's almost scored his age for the season, so. That's impressive. <laughs> All right, so um, we love Akoi. We, we, we yeah, can, no, we, we are a we pro Akoi podcast. I wouldn't mind seeing him get in against Michigan State and set the tone. I really wouldn't. I mean, I know it's just start. I think that they, that would be like Michigan State would kind of have nightmares of that, like all week long in practice. Dude, oh like, we just can't let Akoi Gal come into the game. There was like, but the guy with gray hair just stuff you, man. <laughs> All right, so let me go back to this. So a few weeks ago, I played in a basketball league here in town. I got my shot blocked by a dude who was probably 100 pounds bigger than me. <clears throat> I would say I could outrun him 10 out of 10 times, and he blocked my shot. And it was the most embarrassing thing ever in my life. Yeah. And I feel like that's what it would be like if a Koi gal blocked your shot. Because he can't Well, jump. not my shot. No, no. I'm talking about... Right. Inco- no, exactly. Right. right. Your shot, it's normal. My that's shot's getting blocked 10 out of 10 times. Yeah, yeah. right. But if, if you're a college basketball star, right? So if you're mm-hmm. Nick Ward, if you're uh, if you're Cassius Winston, and Koi gal blocks your shot, right. you should get rowed out all year long by the rest of your, by the team, like your teammates. They should just clown you all For sure, long. because like I, I'm not even recalling... I remember the block, but I'm not even recalling... I don't, I don't either. either I'm not recalling the action in my head, but it just like seems like Matumbo in, in those, like, in those no, new, see, new I commercials. Don't, I don't yeah. picture it as like a SWAT. I picture it as like his arms just got in the way. 
Like, <laughs> his arms just happened to be there when the guy went up. Um, so let's transition a little bit. We've kind of talked, the, you know, we've kind of talked through all Louisville's potential scenarios, Michigan State, Minnesota. Let's jump into the NCAA tournament as a whole because this is, I, I would say, this is the best time of the year. But outside, uh, this is this is a hot take. Outside of the NBA Finals, which I believe are the best sporting event on this planet, what? you have, yeah, the NBA Finals, yeah, the NBA Finals, yeah, okay. no, that is that's a hot take. That is that's a that long fortune. It's been a long, a long time since we've had a really good NBA Finals, but when you have ten guys, mm, that's true. Who are, the Super Bowl is awesome. Don't get me wrong, but it's been New England every year for the last like thirty years. So like, that's but when you have this is my argument with the NBA. When you have ten guys on the floor. Who are the best at what they do on the planet, playing their hardest? You cannot get a better sporting event like that. Yeah, is 2016 premier. was pretty solid. You're, <clears> you're wrong. Seven you're was just wrong. Game, game song. But do you understand game what I'm saying? That? Okay, so you're an NBA fan. I don't think yeah, anybody yeah, else yeah. that writes for us really is. I am an NBA Dishies. nerd. Yeah. Like yeah, I will argue all day long about anything NBA. But I, I really believe, like I, in my core, that is the best, the best sporting event that you're ever going to see outside of maybe the Olympics, right? Because I know you're a sprinter. You're going to talk about that. I mean, I wasn't going to say that. All right. Okay. Well, I was, <laughs> I, that's what I, what, I, mean, I think the best sporting event is the World Cup. Soccer? Yes. Uh, that is the upset of the century thinking that because you were going to say the World on, Cup. On this on this podcast, it is. I mean, it's probably true. But. Yeah, because it's like you, you have countries like this what they – Build their whole entire country up for. Okay, right. no, yeah. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But I'm talking about domestically. Yeah, domestically. <laughs> that's fine because our country nobody cares about soccer for the most. Part. I care. I love soccer. I I love soccer. I couldn't tell you. I cried when USA. I didn't cry, but I was very upset when they uh, were eliminated from making just the World Cup. Yeah, I was very upset. And then they lose like Mexico. They lost to Panama's. Panama City or something. I don't yeah. even know who they lost. It was, it was, it was Panama, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Okay. They lost to like 11 guys that they picked up at Panama City Beach. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. great. Yeah, they basically <laughs> lost to Ethan's fraternity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we've kind of gotten away from the point here, but NCAA tournament is like the best viewing experience in yeah, terms it of is. like we, you have four weekends of where just nothing but basketball. All I, I love it. I love it. I mean, I'm kind of messed up, but like I. When I see the players cry sometimes, I mean, I, I kind of get a kick out of it. I'm like, man, that's crazy. Like, I know what it feels like. And now seeing all the other shoe, I mean, hey. Okay, so in track, <laughs> what is the equivalent of somebody missing a last-second free throw to win a game? Dropping the baton on, like, a 4 by one or a 4 by 4 to, like, win a story. Um, I was going to say a cramp. Yeah. Like, you get a cramp, yeah. like, right before you're about no, to finish oh, the race. Oh, well, well we, we were in – well, the year before I got there, they were about to win the 4x4. Four four. Uh, they're going to win the 4x4 four four in the HCC Conference Championship. They were going to win, and the, our anchor got it, and he blew out his hamstring. Oh, oh and, and he God. was in the lead and blew out his hamstring. Oh, crazy. First of all, can you imagine how bad that would hurt? Yeah. Like, yeah. if I get a cramp in the middle of the night, I think I just tore my ACL. <laughs> like, like, I'm like, it, it's the worst pain. I can't imagine yeah. blowing out a hamstring. Yeah, he, he blew it out. Like, Could even like finish it. Right all right, now. so get, was that the story you were going to tell? Yeah. Okay. All right. That's horrible. That's, so who who yeah. was that? His name was Joshua Hall. Okay. Joshua Hall. Joshua Hall if you're listening, I'm, I'm so sorry, sorry that that happened to <laughs> you. <laughs> all right. So let's let's just jump into the NCAA tournament, um, and, and we're gonna we're gonna kind of go through some things. But in terms of the first round, which I think that's when you have the the most entertaining games for the most part, because there's just so much unpredictability to it. Um, do you guys have a bracket in front of you? Because if not, we're going to be, we're yeah, gonna we be four it. dudes just sitting here looking like idiots. I'll pull it up right now. <laughs> Who's the first dude who's playing Kansas State? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. In terms of the, the best 
first round matchup. Now that can be that can be a lot of different things, right? So that can be the most you know unpredictable game, the biggest mm-hmm. upset. Um, but just in terms of, I guess I'll say fun, right? What's the what's the best matchup? I think it, the answer is easy, but I'm, I might be. Go ahead. I'm, Murray State Marquette is the game. Oh, I yeah. can't wait to watch, man. <laughs> I feel great. like Marcus Howard and John Morant might score every point. Like quick, they, quick take: Who do you have in that game? I've got Murray State. Man. I got Marquette. Really? Marquette has mm-hmm. a. They've looked to, like they have been Me. the worst top fifteen team in the country the last of the last several that's, years. That's not even a hot take. I don't even think where they went. They lost five in a row to end the season. Yeah, they lost four in a row and then they lost they won their first two games in the tournament and they lost. Yeah. And, and, and then the refs right? desperately tried to give them that game. Yeah, that game ball. was insane. Six fights. And then on the other hand, I mean I know here's an interesting part of the NCAA tournament is that some of these mid major teams, they haven't played in like two weeks. I mean I think that it I think that Murray State won the conference title like last Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. No, the week the week before. I think it's, they played on like been, a Friday. Like, yeah, they've days. almost played, yeah, ten days. So I think that is definitely part of it. But I think outside of uh, Zion Williamson, John Moran has been one of the most entertaining players in the country this year, and nobody knows about him except right. for the people in the state of Kentucky because right. what he's nine no, hundred miles outside of Louisville. I don't know how far Murray. I mean, State you know, is, ESPN, 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 the it's, it's, it's a long drive. It's like Murray State. It's like it's Murray, Kentucky, but I don't know where. It's like almost a three and a half hour drive. Remember those games you used to play on Murray? I used to drive to Murray all the time because I had a bunch of friends that went went to Murray State. Remember those games that you played in like the nineties, and it's just like the same thing over and over again. You're like just like steering the car, yeah. you know. It's like the same background. That's driving to Murray. That's okay. like that's the Western Kentucky okay. Parkway. It's literally like a hundred eighty it's, it's three and a half hours away. From it's me. it's a strip. Which you, I, don't, I don't know if you knew that was possible to drive three and a half hours and still stay in the state. I didn't either. It is far. Away. Yeah, interesting. Anyways, all right. So back to most, and, and we we somehow went from uh, most entertaining matchup to what it was like to drive to Murray. The, <laughs> my, Welcome to the Big Red Louis podcast, ladies and gentlemen. My uh, favorite matchup. Um, it might not be the most entertaining, but I had this team get all the way to the Sweet Sixteen. Uh, Kansas State for me versus UC Irving. I really, really like UC Irving. I okay, mean, I was gonna say, yeah, I knew you weren't picking Kansas State in that game. No, yeah, no right. way, no way. Bro, they, they don't score enough. I've seen too many fifty-five to fifty-twos. I've seen way too many games like that. Yeah, NCAA, NCAA tournament, you got to put up points. That's why I don't see um, Virginia Tech getting too far either. Because I mean, they, they can't. They don't score at a high clip, and that's why I think. But they do have Justin Robinson back. So that's that a big is true. Deal. That is true. That is true. Um, uh, Dean Wade is potentially the most injured college basketball. He was player hurt last time. year in the, in the yeah, tournament. Yeah, no, he's when, hurt again when he, they beat UK. Yeah, because, man, the dude is always hurt. He, him and Akoya Gallagher should just hang out. Like, jeez, too much. Akoya's just been getting joked on. Oh, no. no, no, we McCoy's love every, Akoya. It's, he's one of my favorite players. So I don't yeah, know, but I, I mean, to say he's like hurt would be silly. My favorite player is Jordan. Well, yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying he's one of the most likable guys. I give a hot take last week. And Jacob said to ignore me. No, because what no, you no, said no. was silly. All right, so no, it wasn't. So my hold on, no, no, we should. Interest. So we should put this on the Big Red Louis poll right now. And I bet you, just like the other day when we had, <laughs> but five, that was different. That was a troll, though. That was a complete troll. I was trolling when I. Said I thought you were trolling when you said what we're talking about right now. All right, so I we mean, should probably set the scene here. DJ, do you really believe? Yes, that Jordan Wara is better than Russell. Oh my! Yes, he's gonna be a better NBA player. Yeah, okay, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, Russ Smith yeah. is what top three Louisville player of all time, basketball wise, yeah, right? Yeah. Top, top five, top five. But think about it. I mean, 
We saw how Jordan Warren went three for eight against North Carolina. Like, but, uh, let's do 40. this. Let's do this. I love Jordan Warren, but if you could, if you could have J- Russ Smith or Jordan Warren on this team right now, who, who would you have on this team? Russ Smith. Oh yeah, because yeah, he'd be a better fit for right now. No, it, not at all though. It doesn't matter. Chris Mack does not like small guards, so I mean, he technically wouldn't be a better fit. Russ but Smith he, is a bucket getter. Period. Yeah, that's true. And in terms of Point mindset, blade. like Russ yeah. is Chris Mack's dude. Like okay. he is unbreakable confidence wise. Can you mm-hmm. imagine if Jordan Wara had Russ Smith's personality? Yeah, I mean, he would probably shoot fifty times a game. Right. Which I mean, <laughs> I don't know how that would go. But that's true. That's true. All right, so let's go back to the question: most entertaining most, game, most game you're looking forward to, I'll, most fun game. What do you think, Presley? I'll say mine, I, I, and I think it's the game. That, that the winner of that game would play. I think I think that it's Florida and uh, Florida, Nevada. Yeah, Florida, Florida, Nevada. Nevada. Yeah. Wait, they, they don't yeah, play each other. I'm so sorry. Florida State plays. The Vermont? Yeah. Florida State, Vermont's a good game, but I'm going Florida, Nevada. Mm-hmm. Because okay. right, I think got, Nevada is one of the most is one of the most kind of like unheralded teams in mm-hmm. this tournament. Yeah. And they have, I believe, four senior starters. Yeah. They basically got in a bunch Super of transfers that are their team is like thirty, or like five hundred percent transfers. Like, yes, I think their entire team is. Like I'm two pretty sure it is, and I think they have like three guys that are sitting out this year that are beasts that are coming in next year. She's like they're yeah. they are just like just keep continuously yeah. bringing. I mean, I, I think the allure of playing at Nevada is, is a pretty easy. Eric sell. Musselman has done a great job, which is right. why he's a potential candidate for the UCLA job. And he was a guy last year, if you guys remember, was really picking up steam throughout the NCAA tournament as a potential candidate for Louisville. Mm-hmm. Right. The West Coast mm-hmm. didn't really make sense for him here, but. Uh, Nevada, man, they were a top five team to start this season, and yeah. they have crashed they have. down the stretch of this year. That's what I'm worried about then, because right. they they honestly shouldn't have lost a game uh, outside of the non-conference play. I think they should have dominated, but uh, they lost a lot of games they shouldn't have done. And that's why that game intrigues me. So you have Nevada, who was basically a, a you know expected to be probably a Sweet 16, Elite 8 team. Going into the season, um, who have actually just just crashed and burned the last month, and then they're playing Florida, who is arguably one of the hottest teams in the country right now. Um, they just add, uh, okay, maybe not, but uh, I mean, but they did win. They won a couple games in the SEC tournament. Yeah, Florida is Florida plays hard. Right, right. From 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 the team that I saw play UK, um, where UK just creamed them. Mm-hmm. I guess probably three or four weeks ago. Are you laughing now. that he used the word creamed? Is that why you laughed? Yeah. Honestly, I, I'm trying to I'm trying to get rid of the, the cussing. On, on, I like on it though. So I'm just using word. like super dad words. But you but so. but you just dropped like this episode. We recorded three episodes, and that was the you cussed earlier, and it was the first time anybody's cussed on the show. So you oh, did, I, did I cuss? You said the s word. <clears throat> oh shoot. Yeah. All right. Sorry. <laughs> My bad. Anyways, um, but Nevada, Florida. Um, I think that's a great matchup to watch out for. I okay. think that that's two teams with opposing strengths. I think that that Nevada can kind of get it done down low. And I think Florida is, is one of those teams that can, yeah. you know, when they get hot, Definitely they can really light it up. Yeah. Ethan, what about you? Let me pull my bracket here real quick. Um, I was looking at Nevada's stats, and they're not good, by the way. Um, that's, that's that's debatable. They're they're very good, but they've well, he, played well. 135th in three-point percentage. 22nd in points score. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Cool. 75th in total rebounds. Yeah. Yeah. When you have Jordan Caroline and the Martin Twins, that's definitely. And and here, not to interrupt you, but Jordan Brown was 
a top 10 player mm-hmm. in the class of 2018. He plays about three minutes a game for that team. What? I don't know why world, he, he doesn't play. It's weird. It's I, I don't, I'm sure, again, I don't want to bring this up, but I'm going to. It's the same thing that people think about B.J. King when he's not playing against Virginia and Duke. It, it's, the, it's the same kind of, of narrative. Yeah. I mean, Jordan Brown, his final three schools were like Duke, North Carolina, and the bottom. Well, and we right. kind of snuck in there. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. I think it was, right. that might have been another guy. No, know. no, that was him. But and then he went to Nevada and he doesn't play. Man, I'd be so pissed if I picked a mid-major team, thinking I was going to be their best player as a freshman, and I played five minutes a game. Yeah. Anybody know what's going on out at Nevada right now? Like, like what, what is, what is Nevada's campus like? Because all, all the pictures like uh, cousin Eddie and like Vegas vacation. <laughs> Just like I don't know, like the, the kids are hunting snakes for fun. Like, That's probably what it's like. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what do you got? Um. I like Wofford Seton Hall because I keep. I'm gonna be honest. I haven't really watched Wofford. I was gonna say name two players that play. I, I can't. Right. Okay. But huh? that's fair. I, I've I've seen a lot of Seton Hall, and I think Seton Hall is really good for a ten seed. Seton Hall's quality. <clears throat> they are. They're they're a good team. They beat UK. Um, but I, I want to see what all this hype is about Wofford, and that, I think that's gonna be a really competitive game. Hopefully, because um, I don't think Wofford's gonna blow Seton Hall out. Seton Hall's a good team. Uh, I've seen Hall winning that game, but uh, hopefully Wofford proves me wrong and mm-hmm. they'll put up a fight and make it a really great game. But I think that'll be really interesting to watch for to see if all the hype about Wofford is right. warranted. Okay, so but, Wofford is a team that I think that a lot of people are kind of thinking about in terms of potentially pulling an upset. I, I mean, when they, if they get Kentucky, man, I don't, I don't see it. No, um, no. Off the radar teams. I think there's a lot of teams that kind of snuck in uh, quietly. Uh, there's a couple of teams who won conference tournaments who otherwise wouldn't have been there. Off the radar teams, where are you, where are you going? Who's the team you're watching? I mean, nobody's I, talking about. I'm looking at the whole Midwest region. It fascinates me. I mean, I, Kentucky and North Carolina are, are the stories of that region. But I mean, you have Washington, who basically had had the Pac-12 in the bag. Um, you have Utah State, who we were just talking about Nevada. Utah State um, played some really good games against Nevada. Um, you, you know, you have Auburn, who just won the SEC, one of the harder teams in the country right now. You have Iowa State, Ethan's favorite team, going up against Ohio State, um, who, you know, is, is playing well toward, to, to finish the season. You have Wofford, who nobody knows anything about, um, but they've just quietly been hanging in the top 25 all year mm-hmm. um, and have one of the best players that nobody's ever heard about who makes, you know, five, five or six threes a game. Um, Seton Hall is a quality team. Um, and, and, and then Georgia State. Yeah, I mean, so you, Ooh, you have. Boy. You know, that's what I'm saying. Boy, so we start Georgia, talking about Georgia State. Georgia man. State, Auburn. Like, I'm sorry, Georgia State, Houston. Like, th- this is a great bracket. Like, it, it there's not big names, but they're they're good teams. Georgia State beating Houston. I'm that's calling it right now, man. I'm calling it right but, now. What is, what is your thought process on Georgia State, Houston? Though, I want to. Here, here I it is. Right. About so, okay, State. so I wrote an article this morning for Fansided. Georgia State was a team. Four years ago, three years ago, that beat uh, Baylor. I think they were a. I think they were either a 13 or a 14 seed, and they beat Baylor with R.J. Hunter. Ron Hunter was the coach. He's still there. He is still pumping out NBA. Kevin yeah, Brown. Baylor had uh, Torian Prince. Torian Prince. Um, I forget who the point guard was. He had, he had the rebound. Yeah. Yeah. He, you go up and you grab yeah, the ball with two, two hands. Come down, bring it down. That's a rebound. <laughs> That's a rebound. Um, Georgia State has a kid on their team named. Demarcus Simons. Last year, he dropped, I think it was like 24-25 against Cincinnati. They were in that game until the final like four or five minutes, and Cincinnati ended up blowing them out because it's hard in the NCAA tournament to beat a team by yourself. Mm-hmm. This year, they've got five dudes who score in double digits. 
I am not convinced that Houston is that good. They've gone through a relatively weak conference. The AAC is quality. You got to think they got they had Wichita State. Oh, had, okay, what really down now? Wichita State didn't uh, make tournament. Okay, all right, so they're out. That's uh, not that's not true, that's that. True. Okay, okay, but Keep they, going. they have Memphis, Cincinnati. Okay, Memphis didn't make the tournament either. Memphis all right. was all right though. UCF. Okay, UCF, all right. So UCF was good this year. Yeah, they, Central they, Florida. They, no, I give you that. And they got. They eight. usually aren't, and they were good this year. Yeah. So the football I'm, team's crap. Give me Zion dunking on Taco Fall, please. Basketball gods, give me Zion dunking on Taco Fall. Possible matchups, just so I could talk about mm. the possibility of Zion against Taco. Mm. Which, oh gosh, can you imagine? You all know who Taco Fall is, right? Yeah. Okay, all right. Uh, so no offense to VCU, but I hope UCF just crushes them. It's it's like the two YouTube sensations of the last two years in the, in, in the <laughs> high school basketball world coming together. Yeah, yeah exactly. Awesome. But back yes. to Georgia State, I I've been a huge fan. I think Demarcus Simon last year had he left, he would have been a top fifteen pick. He decided to come back. I understand. This year they've got five dudes in double figures. Again, I don't think Houston's that good. I think they're good. Don't get me wrong. And I think if they can, you know, win a game or two, that they can make a run. I don't know if that's contradictory, whatever. But I am not convinced that Georgia State is not going to pull off the upset. I am picking in every bracket. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, I, mean, I, I like, and and so I mean, we're just talking about this now, so I mean, might as well keep it rolling. Mm-hmm. I like some of the three fourteen matchups, and I, I know that the three three fourteen is a tough one to pick. Mm-hmm. But I mean. Virginia Tech, St. Louis, that's a great game. Yeah. St. Louis is a team. They're hot, a man. Quality team. Yeah, they're hot. I was Travis impressed Ford's a good coach. Day. And yeah. they and here's the thing about St. Louis that's really interesting. They had a kid last year who committed to them, top thirty kid, Cartier Gordon, transferred midseason this year. They still have two other four star kids on their team. Like that is wild. St. Louis? It's St. Louis. Yes. Travis Ford's a recruiter, man. He might not be a great Travis coach, Ford, but he can yeah. recruit. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's half the battle right there. Yeah, that, Hassan, that, that means that's that's Jordan Goodwin and uh, and Hassan French. Watch out for both of them in the tournament. I have an interesting five twelve because uh, I haven't picked them, but New Mexico State every year seems like they're the team. Everyone's always like, yeah. oh, they could they could pull off the upset. You, you want to pick New Mexico State, and I feel like they just never end up doing it. I don't I think they could be over. I got my bracket being over. Okay, okay. Because I, I don't I don't know much about them, but I, I do remember that. They're always that team that everyone says, oh, they could be the sleeper. They could be the sleeper. Yeah, you're definitely right. They Every year that they are predicted to beat teams. Even, do you remember a couple of years ago they had two dudes who were like seven foot five? I, like, yeah. and I, <laughs> like, and I picked them. I fell for can it. Can you imagine going up against a team that had two seven foot five? Kids? I just know that you guys, you know, fast break. Yeah, no, they can't run for anything. <laughs> like, yeah, that's all it is. It's just get the ball and go. For me, the team that I'm really watching this year is Villanova. I, mm-hmm. I know that they kind of. In the middle of the year, had and even the beginning of the year, they had a hard time kind of finding themselves. They're really young. They lost so much talent off last year's team, but they have really kind of rounded in form at the end of the mm-hmm. year. I, I really believe Eric Pascal and Phil Booth can win games just between the two of them. If you get Jermaine Samuels, you get Colin Gillespie playing well. I think I have them in the Sweet 16, and in a couple of brackets, I've got them in the Elite Eight. I they they would get stuck with I believe it's Purdue in the Sweet Sixteen if they both advance. I think Purdue goes home early. Yeah, I do too. Actually, no, they would play with Purdue in the second round. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. I got Villanova getting to my Sweet Sixteen also. Yeah, and then they would be matched up with Tennessee, and that's a game I think Villanova can win just based off coaching. I mean, I think Tennessee's a great team. I'm not convinced Rick Barnes is a great coach. I mean, okay. you call me crazy, but. DJ Augustine and Kevin Durant on the same team, and you can't go to the Final Four. That's I, I know that's a long time ago. I, that, that is like yeah, one of those. It was lives. a long time ago. Yeah. I was with you until this year because he's done an awesome job at Tennessee. I, awesome when, job. when Tennessee hired him, I was like, 
what? Why, why would you hire? That's a re, I mean, that's like, what they call a retread hire. Exactly. Like, yeah. I was like, he got pushed out of Texas or fired. Was he? Did did they like show him the door? or Was he actually like legit fired? No, he was. No, he was. I mean, he. I think he was fired. But anyways, there's he, a, I mean, it didn't the, work out at Texas. Right, he there, wasn't great. There's coaches who just with the program that eventually you just have to say, look, this isn't working anymore. Yeah, and that's what happened there. And and he has just gone to Tennessee and instantly turned them into a, a top ten program. I mean, he's been there what two three years now, and yeah. and they've been awesome every single year he's been there. Yeah, I I have said this all year long. People have laughed at me. I don't care. That's fine. Outside of the you know Zion Williamson, John Morant, R.J. Barrett, there's not a team, a player in the country that I would want on our on Louisville's team more than Admiral Schofield. I love him. My gosh, man! Give me that dude. He is six yeah, foot four. Grant Williams, Grant I mean, Williams too. They six foot six. And, and with Jordan Bone, they got a good guard too. And Jordan Bone, he's he's yeah. Good. The funny thing is when people list Admiral Schofield as a power forward, I'm like, yeah. what world is he? <laughs> yeah. I have been saying it all year. Again, I'm crazy. I think Admiral Schofield could play in the NFL. Like he is a tight end. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. he looks hey, like an NFL. He's player. a big dude. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I got some. All right. Go ahead. I, I feel lame for for not really doing this, but I don't really have like a, a Cinderella that's like a 12 seed or 13 or 11 even. But I do have Iowa State knocking off Kentucky and going to the Elite Eight. Same, I do too. Um, and I, I may be a little biased because for some reason I've all, Iowa State's always been like my second favorite team besides the Louisville. But obviously. part of me feels like you were like, you know what? I don't want Kentucky to go any further. <laughs> yes, that's I'll give you some of that. But also, Iowa State's legit. I've been watching them all year, and and they looked awesome in the Big 12 tournament. And, and I think they got a, a good squad and a good coach, too. Steve Prohm can coach. Um, yeah, and he followed up Fred Hoiberg, man. Like That's did. a tough that's, job to follow up in. He was a legend. Steve Prohm, do you remember where he came from? What school that's did he right. come from? Murray State. Yeah, Murray State. He man. got the ball yeah. rolling, man. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, and then I have Oregon and right. Wisconsin. Okay. That, those are pretty much I've my I've got Oregon in the Sweet 16. Same. They're hot. They're but but you've got UC Irvine. So that's well, the thing. That That's why you yeah you say that like that. Oregon <laughs> is I, – I almost said this a couple, like a couple days ago, and I felt stupid saying it. But when Oregon beat – I don't remember who it was. I, I think it was Arizona State. And they got to the game against Arizona. <clears> or uh, They got to play Washington. I think that's – I don't have to look back. But I remember when Oregon – won their first game, maybe their second game, I thought to myself, if they win, like if they get to play against like an Arizona State or a Washington, they're going to win the Pac-12 because Dan Altman is a great coach. And they did it without Bull Bull. Like they could have been a Final Four team with him, man. Like he is a game changer. And they, I think he played like three games, four games, and they were horrible. Yeah. And to rebound the way that they did, I I think that they're going to win some games. All right, let's talk Final Four. Uh, Presley, who is your final four? So I think my final four, I have, um, I believe it's Duke. I have <coughs> Tennessee. I have, um, I think I have, uh, I'm so sorry, this is terrible rating. I have Florida State, and I have North Carolina. Okay. So I got Duke-North Carolina championship game, but I got Duke, I have Duke, Tennessee, Florida State, North Carolina. I got Duke, Gonzaga, Tennessee, North Carolina. There you go. So we're just just the difference of opinion between Florida State and Gonzaga. That's it. Okay. My final four. No, go ahead, Ethan. I'm sorry. I have Duke, Michigan, Tennessee, North Carolina, and Duke beating UNC in the championship. Wow. 
Okay. ESPN was. So is that was two straight crazy. Duke UNC's? You both had yeah, Duke. Yeah, I have UNC being, beating Duke. Okay. okay. I got Duke okay. losing to Tennessee. Okay. Who's your final four though? Oh yeah, he. You already said. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Gonzaga, Tennessee, Duke, North Carolina, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mine is Duke, Texas Tech, Tennessee, North Carolina. Duke North Carolina championship. Duke is your winner. I can't. I just don't see a scenario wow. where anybody but Duke wins the championship. Wow. I agree. I, I think Duke and UNC are the. I've been saying this for a while now. I think they're just simply the two best teams in the country, and that they, they have nice draws mm-hmm. to get there. Um, and I'm not going to trust Virginia to. I'm not putting them in, in my final four until <clears throat> they make it to one. Because <laughs> I, I'm just not. Seriously, I don't that, trust that, them. That I is don't. a fair argument. I don't trust That's Tony. A fair Bennett. argument. Like, we can't sit here and act like Virginia didn't lose to a 16 seed last yeah, year. They were the number one overall seed, and they lost to a 16 seed. They, it's, it used to be a punchline that they sucked in March, but they do. They suck They're in March. Terrible. They're Are terrible. Are we going to talk about it, Gardner-Webb? I, mean, you know, I, I think that, that we should have our next show be on, like, Thursday morning, and we should just break down Gardner-Webb for three hours. <laughs> but, you know, it's funny, though, and I, I will – part of me is joking when I say this, but part of me is also serious having to do an hour of research on Gardner-Webb this morning. Gardner-Webb is statistically the best 16 seed of all time. Like, and the funny <laughs> thing is, is they play Virginia. Like, That's like statistically, right. offensively, they're top 10, top 15 in the country – they're they're a really good shot blocking team. They're not so good from shooting from three, but they 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 legitimately can score eighty points on any given night. I'm not expect. I fully well, believe Virginia will beat them by so thirty what, because I of mean, the stigma. Florida State schooled Virginia. That's the last time they played. And let, let let's talk about this. If just entertaining the thought. Let's say they lose again. You fire Tony. Tony Bennett's done. I'm sorry. You Seriously. fire Tony Bennett the next day. I don't care I don't, how I don't good. That's no, that's – you, your career is over if Why? you lose to two sixteen seeds in a row. Okay, all right. I'm not, but look, you, they're probably going to win. But if like, you're the number one overall seed, you are the first program – if it had happened before as a 16 seed beating a one seed, I'm – okay, all right, whatever. We'll move past it. I don't know how many – He's only lost, what, three times? Tom Izzo has survived yeah, losing as a two seed to a right, fifteen right. seed like four times. And he's somehow, like. still, he's somehow <laughs> still the king of like, March. But if if you lose two years in a row, like you are the only program in history to lose to a sixteen seed, and you do it two years in a row, you got to be fired. Like I don't care who you are. Fired. Outside of Coach K, what are you suspended? I mean, like, yeah, I mean that's the only yeah. option. <laughs> they, they wouldn't fire him, but. They'd probably he'd be on the hot seat. I think he'd probably leave for another job. Like, yeah, yeah. he'd go. Then he'd take that. Then he'd take that UCLA job. They've lost twice to Duke and once to Florida State. Like, if they lose, but who did they lose to last year? Like, they were they yeah. had like four losses last year. And okay, same point. Seven right. losses in two years, and you. Fi- I don't know. No, you I don't get, fire I, him, but he should be on the hot seat. But I do you? I don't think he should be on the hot seat. <laughs> Well, you just chalk it up as like, what do you blame? Like, just bad matchups? Like, no, we just had <laughs> bad two bad matchups, matchups in a row. If you fire somebody, you have, the next guy, if he especially looks good, he has to be better. That five no, foot five that. guard at UMBC, yeah. just man, it was a bad matchup. See, for... here's what I would say: if, <laughs> if UMBC and Gardner Webb both win, we just chalk it up to the dog teams. Did. Like, there, it's the Retrievers and the Bulldogs. Like, it's just good boys. Like, that's, that's true. Where, that's, that's, what it is. that's a, a bunch good of good boys. Like, good just point. winning games. All right, uh, let's jump into a segment here. Um, this isn't original by any means, but we're gonna do a little rapid fire. So, hopefully, you guys have your brackets in front of you because you're not gonna have much time to think through this. Who has brackets? Do you have brackets in front of you? I got a bracket. Okay. Um, so we'll, we'll go we'll go to my left. So we'll go Ethan Presley, DJ. Finish with myself on each question. Ethan, we'll start with you. Biggest upset of the first round. 
biggest upset of the first yeah, round. Yeah, we won't. We're not going to go into long explanations here. So just make it quick. It's this team over this team. I'm going Oregon over Wisconsin. Okay, Presley. I am going to go. I'm going to go Old Dominion Purdue. Okay, mm. DJ. Uh, I'm going to go Yale LSU. Okay, I've already said it, and, and call me crazy for it. Georgia State's going to beat Houston. I book it. All right. So we all like four teams to win. Yeah, is that, is that what that was? All I'm, of us picked a no, 14? No, I picked a 12. Okay, I, all I right. I feel like I'm doing it. No, okay. I think, I that's think my biggest upset. This year, there's multiple 14 teams winning. Okay, that's a good That's a good one. All right, That'll which conference, at the end of the NCAA tournament, which conference are we talking about being the most disappointing? Conference, not team, conference. <clears throat> Ooh, I'm Big going Big 10. Okay, Big 10? Yeah, yeah. Big, Big 10. I don't see it. I don't even know if I have a Big 10. I do have a Big Ten team in the Elite Eight. I think they'll be disappointing. I think a lot are going to go home early. I'm going to say SEC. I, they, I feel like they just let us down every year, right? I mean, I know that it's you can call me crazy or you know say it's a Kentucky bias, but I don't think Auburn's that good. I don't think Florida's going to go over. I think Florida's going to get beat by Nevada. I think Kentucky's going to get beat by Iowa State. I think Tennessee is probably your lone team that's going to go far. LSU potentially could get beat. Uh, Ole Miss in Oklahoma, they're not, neither one of them is going very far. DJ. So if you if you have Tennessee going far, but you don't have Michigan or Michigan State going far, how could you say that's a good point? That's a good point. Uh, but you did make good points about that. So if that. we're talking Big Ten, I, I I didn't really want to get into this because we're going to get into it in a bit. But I don't think Louisville is going to beat Michigan State. So I also don't think I think. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm the bad guy here, right? <laughs> You're not in my we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. I just, I just personally don't think Louisville can beat a team that good twice in one season. Um, I think I do think Michigan is going to fall to Nevada because I think Nevada is primed to make a run. I don't. I can't think of any other big teams off the top of my head. Give me a couple others in who they play because I'm not looking at my bracket. I mean, I mean, if you think if you think we're going to beat Minnesota. And you think Nevada's going to be Michigan, and we think Tennessee's going to be Michigan State. I mean, well, what are we going to have left? Is so, Iowa, but Purdue, but when you're Iowa, conference champion, I, I think I'm there's sure, a good I'm chance. Michigan State plays too. My bad. Right. So I don't think I don't think that there's going to be a single big team, Big Ten team in the Final Four. So you could take them as that. But I think that the way that we've been hyping up the SEC this year is potentially the second best conference in the country. And don't get me wrong, man, they were deep this year, right? So yeah. you have LSU, right, you've got right, Tennessee, right, right. you've got Kentucky, you've got Ole Miss. Um, you know, even some of the teams that didn't make the NCAA tournament were impressive at times. But I don't think Kentucky's going to go as far as everybody talked, to them, uh, talked about them you know, being. I think that there's a good chance that Villanova could beat Tennessee. I have Tennessee in my Final Four, but I think that it could happen. I can see that. I think LSU has a really good chance of getting beat by Yale. Like, right. And so – when you have teams that are seated that high getting knocked out that early, okay. that's where we get into the disappointment. Okay, makes sense. That, okay. that makes sense. All right, good. I feel good that I defended myself well against DJ. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all agree. I think Even the ACC is, is, is going to be the big winner. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, that's because I think it, they, not, the odds of them having the national champion are, are 50-50, right? Because yeah. I think most – <laughs> I mean, seriously. Yeah. They, have, they have like four teams that could win it all. Like, okay. Curveball. Legitimately. Well, um, do you think the ACC is more dominated in basketball than the SEC is more dominated in football? No. No? Uh, no. No. Right. Year, year in, year out, no. Not yet. Not okay, yet. No, okay. because when you look at the – I mean, the ACC is deep in basketball, but when you look at in football, it, it, how many ACC teams have been – I mean, North Carolina and Duke have won championships, but outside of that, how many of them have made runs deep into the tournament? Like, that's it. That's what you mean. That's what you mean. All right. Uh, well, and I say that, and then I think about it. Only Auburn and or only well, no, Auburn won a championship in 2010. Georgia won, you know, went to the championship a couple of years ago, and then Alabama. I mean, at one point, the SEC won like 
they won in 2006. Yeah, I mean, you had seven, Florida, you had Auburn, eight, you had Alabama. Nine, yeah, this, this was a big <laughs> argument back when UVL was in the Big East because, mm-hmm. I mean, those Big East years were crazy. Right. Like so, nine, yeah, years. okay. You're exactly yeah, right. Yeah. This is the first year since 2009 that a conference has had three number one seeds, mm-hmm. and Louisville was one of the number one seeds back in 2009. We obviously know how that went. Yeah, right, exactly. All right. All right, last one on the rapid fire. Which one seed goes down first? Gonzaga. Gonzaga. Come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be Virginia. Yeah. Come on, now Brandon Clark are both lottery picks, top 10 borderline. But when you put them up against Florida State, they have not seen length like that all year long. I mean, they did Duke and beat Duke, but yeah. They did, but Duke doesn't have two dudes that are seven feet tall. That's true, that's true. true. And and Gonzaga dominates in the post. Like, that's where they score the majority of their points. And when you got to go up against Dikembe Mutombo's nephew and a (laughs) seven foot three Chris Kamaje, like, that's a real problem. I mean, here's here's what. Gonzaga has to go through just to get to the Sweet 16 Elite Eight. Vermont, Florida State, Murray State, Marquette, Baylor, Syracuse. Well, okay. Carly Dickinson. But, I mean, but, but, well, they're better than all those teams. They're better. They are. Nobody will argue with you that they're, I think they're better than Florida State. I think they're better than Syracuse. But yeah. I'm just saying. That's a lot easier, a lot harder road than Duke. Yeah. He's got St. Louis, Liberty, Mississippi State, VCU, UC, like, you see what I'm saying? Like, they, they have by far the hardest road, and they have the hardest matchups. Yeah, because they have the, I think they have the lowest one seed, correct? Yeah, they are yes, the, yes. yeah. And, and, right, and so that makes sense. I think that there's a good argument that they didn't even deserve a number one seed. Why? I don't, I don't think they did. Why? When you, when you look at St. Mary's as a team, like, they barely got it. They they wouldn't have been an NCAA tournament team had they not been, been okay. Gonzaga. True. Gonzaga didn't play anybody, I think, in the top 100 of the of the, the Ken Palm rankings outside of St. Mary's. I think. They're in conference. They're, they're, they're resident. Yeah, no, I know, in conference, right. Yeah. And then when you look at Tennessee and North Carolina, they got smacked, I think, by North Carolina. Right? Smacked, North Carolina that, beat I think, them by I think 30. they played 20. They played North Carolina at North Carolina, correct? I believe so, and they played Duke in Maui. So they went on neutral floor. And then they played Tennessee on a neutral floor, and they went down to the wire. They they lost by three or four, I believe. Yep, yep. So, I mean, I've seen them play against the best of the best in the country and take them toe-for-toe, and then when they play against people that aren't that good, they mollywop them. Right, right. No, I get that. And we had this conversation this week. You know, when you look at Gonzaga in the NCAA tournament, it's hit or miss every year, right? That is I mean, true, though. The year they made it to the championship game, I, I understand yeah, the argument of who South Carolina played. They, they beat some good teams. I get it. I get it. But <laughs> yeah. South Carolina was do. a seven seed who – the only player they had on that team that was worth a damn in terms of professional career was Cinderius Thornwell. I don't remember anybody else on that team. I understand. Mm-hmm. But, but I, I PJ Josier. That's right. That's right. They did have Josier. That's right. I forgot about him. But that's most of these teams. Yeah, no, I get that. Professionally, I, I think that uh, here's the thing, and I, I will agree with you. When if Gonzaga gets past Florida State, yeah. I think that we're going to be talking about a potential Final Four of all number one seeds. Okay, like, yeah, I yeah. think that that's a great opportunity for that to happen. So we all agree their hardest matchup is probably going to be the Florida State matchup. Yeah, I yeah. Well, yeah. I, I mean, obviously, I think Duke is. is you yeah, know, I'm talking about like to get to yeah. the Final Four. Yeah, and and, and you know, look, I, I understand that Gonzaga is a great team, and I understand Syracuse has been hit or miss, but. 
Gonzaga hasn't played a team as good as Syracuse since their non-conference schedule. Like, it's been since UT and North Carolina, and I know Syracuse isn't even that good. That's a problem. Like, that's a problem. Syracuse's guards and Elijah Hughes and Ty's battle can drop 50 on anybody. Mm-hmm. And, and all it mm-hmm. takes is one good night to beat somebody in the NCAA mm-hmm. tournament. I'm I not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying when you're Gonzaga, you're like – and when you talk about it at a bigger scale, should Gonzaga move to the Pac-12? I say yes. Like they yes. need to be in a conference. Yes. And it's not even about like in terms of like money or you know this yeah, or that. It's about it. playing that. against better competition night in and night you, out. Even though the Pac-12 was complete garbage. It was, but True. California is way better than any of the worst teams in the West Coast Conference. Yeah. Like, yeah. like yeah. I think, Big West, Big West. Yeah. I think that's what it's called. It's no, it's right. the West Coast Conference. West Coast Conference. Yeah, you're yeah. right. You're right. Big, Big West, West is where UCLA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, so you're right. You're right. all right, so we're gonna we're gonna take a big transition here. We're gonna move completely out of the sport of basketball. I know we said we, if we had time, but I want to I want to talk about football field because hockey. yeah, field hockey. Right. <laughs> but I was gonna say let's talk about the Bachelorette, right? So Hannah B oh, is oh, the Bachelorette. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys are really not giving me the opportunity I'll to talk about that. I'll see you guys. We're just I gotta go. Over here. <laughs> right, right. What is going right. on? There's an opportunity to find love in paradise. These these people were all uh, eliminated from their season of the Bachelor. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let, let's talk about football because, um, and I want to spend some time just talking to you because you went. You were the only one out of all of us. Well, we went to, did you go to the spring showcase? Yeah, I was okay. there. Yeah. All right, so I, personally, you and I are pretty much out of this conversation, other than just kind of steering <laughs> it. Yeah, take a nap. Right. Were, were you in the stand, Ethan? Yeah. Was he on TV? Yes. My, uh, (laughs) I I don't know if I was or not. (laughs) Um, Okay, so let's talk about this because there's a lot of fans in Lola right now that are freaking out. Like, and and there's, in my opinion, yeah, yeah. If you've been on Twitter, man, I saw multiple people today. uh, And let me just kind of say the scene. Yeah, about the football team. Um, And there was a lot, to say that there was a lot of skepticism about Scott Satterfield would be an understatement, right? Really? Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, am I crazy my, for thinking my, that? My, my uh, timeline is a lot different than you all's timeline. So I, so I, I, I defer to you guys. You guys so you had – if to say I, – I think the majority of the fan base really believed that it was 100% locked that Jeff Brown was going to be the head coach of the world. That's now, fair. I'm not willing to get into the conversation of who's yeah. the better fit and what's going to happen. Scott Satterfield is the coach. I believe that that was the best move for this program long term. I believe that he has proven more than – any of the other candidates, whether you, you yeah, know, yeah, Jeff yeah, Brown, yeah, yeah. that he can win and establish a program, which right, right now, Louisville, the program is in shambles, right? Yeah, the program yeah, has yeah. been broken mm-hmm. by a coach who just didn't care, right? I think we can all agree upon that. Um, but to say that Scott Satterfield was a um, fan favorite would be, I think it would be a bit of an understatement beca- or an, an oversell because I think that a lot of fans really believe that the lore of Jeff Brown was bigger than the winning of Scott Satterfield. Um, and now here we are four or five months later. A lot has transpired. And <clears throat> the last two weeks we've seen uh, five players transfer out. You've already lost John Bernard. Cam Jones, another defensive reserve, has transferred out. Um, ha- help me kind of put some other names here. I know Mike that you Mike have – Yeah, so Marcus this, Riley, this yeah. week alone you've had Corey Reed, uh, Marcus Riley, Mike Boykin, Wyatt Smock. You've had – uh, five guys who were considered to be contributors transfer out. And for a fan base who was already concerned about the recruiting, the ability to win at a big program, to see names like that who were kind of some of the big wins for Bobby Petrino leave raises some red flags. So I, I, my question is, you know, I, I think that you can expect some turnover with any coach. Mm-hmm. 
But with the talent that we've seen leave in the last week and a half, is it a small deal? Is it a big deal? Like, should we be worried? Very, very small deal. I never believed that backups, when they transfer, that means anything. That means absolutely nothing. You're a backup for a reason. Um, one thing I've realized in college sports is you're not producing on the field, best court, tennis court, track, doesn't matter. Like, you're not producing and you want to transfer, you're going to get those same exact results. It's going to be the same process. You're going to be going to practice. You're going to be eating. You're going to be lifting. And you're still going to be that same person that couldn't make a difference where you were before. Some people say, yeah, change of scenery makes a difference. But usually that's only for, like, quarterbacks, in all honesty. Or maybe, like, an offensive player trying to get into a better system, you know, like that's more mm-hmm. air raid or more run dependent. But at the end yeah. of the day, you're still that same player that couldn't make an impact back then, you know. So you're just trying to get a new scenery, trying to see if you can light a, light a spark within mm-hmm. you. And hopefully, that you know, a change of scenery makes a difference. But I've never been the guy to panic about people leaving. Right. And if I'm being completely honest, man, I, you know, I am not in terms of media or whatever you want to call people who do what I do it can, as far as connecting. <clears throat> I am, you know, from what I've heard, I am shocked that it's just this amount of people that have left. Like, no. I can't believe it's not more. Mm-hmm. Because to, to look at last year's team, to look at the way that they they played their attitude, and then to have a guy like Scott Satterfield come in who demands excellence daily. Mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of these dudes were built for that. Like, I don't think they were prepared for a coach to come in and say, did you go to class? Did you study? Did you eat this? Did you lift? Did you do this? Did you do that? And I think that the fact that it's just one, two, three, four, five, seven guys, most of them reserves, leaving, and, and to say that you didn't expect John Grenard to leave would be, you'd be lying. Like, we yeah, all saw him right, leaving. Right. He was a graduate transfer, was going to, have the opportunity to go play for a bigger program and, and potentially be, you know, a, a high draft pick next where year. Where he already played for. Right, 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 where he ended right. up at Florida. But I'm shocked it's just this small, small amount of roster. Like, And so, to me, it's no deal. Like, yeah. good riddance. Right, right. I mean, Clean the roster up of dudes who aren't built to win like this. Like, that's where I stand on it. Um, I mean, to kind of what you were saying, um, usually players, they, they respect play, uh, coaches that come in and, create a culture, create, um, I guess, a routine for them because we're all, uh, you know, um, I guess, I forgot what the, the phrase is. but Intents and purposes? No, no. no <laughs> Intents and purposes. We're all uh, creatures of habit. There we go. Yeah, we're all creatures of habit. So if you're coming in and you're showing them that you honestly care, because think about it, they got a complete three, uh, 180 compared to what they used to have mm-hmm. with, with Bobby where you didn't think he cared at all. Now you got a coach that, that cares, that wants you to go to class. Get your education that wants you to take care of your body, things of that nature. That's showing that because I know we, we've seen plenty of pictures of them going out to eat, them going mm-hmm. out to bowling. How often do we see them with Bobby? I mean, kind of forced, it was forced, you know? yeah, exactly. And you and you could tell if it's forced or not. Like, you're right. in there, you know, okay, he's not really doing this for us, he's just here just to be here. But you can still with Scott, like, they really enjoy being around Scott. So, <clears throat> right, what do you think, Ethan? You were at the game, uh. I think everybody needs to – people that are freaking out need to calm down because the guys that are leaving, I mean, kind of like DJ was saying, like it's it's not a huge deal. Let them go do their thing. Mm-hmm. If they feel like they need to leave, that's fine. We'll be fine. They'll probably be fine. Um, and I, I know – I don't know if Satterfield is going to, like, get us to the playoffs one day, but I, I do feel very confident in him being able to bring our program back uh, to right. heal it. To, you know, I don't think recruiting is going to be a problem. Just look at who's who they've been bringing in. Right. Um, I think we're going to be fine. Everybody needs to calm down. Next year is going to be a rebuilding year. 
Um, the spring showcase, obviously it's basically a glorified spring game. It wasn't even really a spring game, yeah. but it was practice. Right. Um, but I did see a little bit of a different vibe. Um, mm. I did see th- – there is a good chemistry between that staff and those players. Yeah. Um, I think everybody likes each other now. Mm. We couldn't say that last year. Uh, uh, the people that are there want to be there, and they want to change. They want they want to have a program that they're proud of. They they don't want to go out there and get blown out every week and go two yeah, and ten. Right, right. Like th- these guys, these guys are going to work hard um, to hopefully have that never happen again. Um, and the guys that are leaving, I mean, really? yeah, I mean, what it is. yeah, to so. me. To answer the question, I don't even think it's a small deal. Like, you know, the question was, is it a small or a big deal? It's not even a deal. Like, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is, is you know, these are human beings that you're dealing with. And you had, yeah. a, you know, more than just seven people who were disgruntled. You had a full team. And I think you had a lot of these guys that were like, you know what, I'm going to give this a shot because I don't want to sit out next season. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to give this a shot. And, like, I, I'm just thinking about it, you know, like, if, if I were a student athlete, uh, how, how would how would I take this if I, if I were playing for Bob the trainer playing playing in a system that you know it didn't feel like the coaches cared about me um, we came from an unsuccessful losing culture um, you know I mean like that can be depressing like that's going to weigh on you a lot but you know like with with the new promise coming in with with the new coaches um, I think that you know a lot of guys said okay well I'm, I'm going to you know give this a chance and see how this works out. Um, and I, I think that a lot of the guys we see transferring now are just like, look, I just need a new change of scenery. I know change of scenery is like that, that's like a, you know, like, like cliche thing to say, but I, I think that a lot of guys they just need to have a new mindset. You know, none of these guys are, most of these guys aren't from here. Um, you know, they're, they're they're just looking for for a new place to go, a fresh start. Um, and I, I think that a lot of these guys looked, looked at the writing on the wall and they saw, you know, I have a better chance of sitting out. And, and playing somewhere else in two years rather than, than sitting here and right. probably not playing in two years, you know, getting recruited over or, you know, uh, not fitting in the system correctly. Uh, so there's a lot of different instances or different cases or different right. uh, things that could be going on. But I, I think that, you know, in, in the long term, this is a great thing for, for the team because you need more scholarships. There's Bingo. Lots of, lots of scholarships opening up. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think that it's, it's not an issue at all. Anybody that's freaking out about this, um, I think that's, you know, Kind of a little bit of a hangover from yeah. Steve Cragmore. Well, and I, th- I think part of the people freaking out over it is also still a hangover from Jeff Brom because you weren't sold to begin with with Scott Satterfield yeah, because right. of where he came from. Like, <clears throat> I think that fans <clears throat> who are worried about seven reserves, like let's you know six, because John Bernard would have been the best player on this team from day one. Yeah, exactly. um, you know, maybe outside of Des Fitzpatrick, but. Um, you know, these guys who are leaving are reserves. Like, let's right. not get it twisted as in their contributors. Like, not one player on this list that has left did something last year that would be like, damn. The only that memory sucks. I have of Marcus Riley is fumbling that ball against, what was right. it, on, Yeah, Wake Forest on, on the end around, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Was that when you made that huge catch and then we're like, yeah, and then you know, just fumbles and we're like, oh, yeah. Same yeah. Play. yeah. You know, <laughs> like, I don't mean, Bobby should have never been playing Marcus Riley to begin with. Like, Bobby yeah. did a disinterested Marcus Riley by even playing him more than four games because yeah. they had 52 wide receivers. <laughs> like, and that's the thing. Yeah. I can't blame Marcus Riley or Corey Reed for leaving because, yeah, you know, you might look forward to next year or maybe, you know, the year after. But how many college kids are worried about next year? Like, they're worried about mm-hmm. now. Right? And those two dudes most likely weren't playing a lot of snaps this year. Yeah. Well, and then let's also not forget this. There were a lot of guys that were starters that play a lot 
that were leaving, like literally just a few months ago before Satterfield got hired, and they decided to stay when they saw the new staff. Right. And That's yeah, a big deal. Yeah, I think it was like... That's Mark, a bigger deal than the guys leaving. Mark Ennis talked about there was 20-ish players who had filed, you know, or had at least put in the, the notice of getting transfer paperwork, mm-hmm. and, you know, so... I think that when you look at what Satterfield has done, it's a lot like Chris Mack and the fact that his biggest recruiting, you know, win this offseason was getting those dudes to stay. Like mm-hmm. because, you know, Des Fitzpatrick could have easily have left and gone to Michigan, or Hassan Hall could have easily have left and gone closer to home. Russ, Rush, he, he literally left the right, team, right, and then he came back, right, right, right exactly. He, he and did, I, you know, yeah. so you know, I, I think that to to make a big deal out of these transfers is just people who don't necessarily I don't want to say they don't want to see Satterfield achieve greatness but I think that they're just kind of like the dude came from App State like how good can he be at Louisville like, right. I think that's the mindset of most fans well and I, I think that the, the last thing I guess we can say about this is I, I think that Scott Satterfield is not the type of personality that we're used to having at Louisville um, I think that you have a lot of polarizing personalities especially the guys who are in the spotlight you know Rick Pitino Bobby Petrino um you know, even even go back to Charlie Strong a little bit. He wasn't necessarily polarizing, but he was one of the guys that was like very huge. demanding. Yes, mm-hmm. and, and a big up and coming name. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody knew he saw it as a stepping stone type of job. He was a huge name coming out of Florida. So he, this is the first time in a long time where you have a guy that's not a polarizing figure. We talk a lot more about Court Dennison than we talk about Scott Satterfield. Right. We, and, you know, I mean, he's a, a guy that was a what linebackers coach just just right. two years ago for right. Louisville. So. There's a lot of there's going to be automatically skepticism just because there's uncertainty. Right. With uncertainty comes a lot of a lot of scrutiny. Right. Well, I'm going to make a quick point too. Just because and Satterfield had offers, he could have gone to some decent schools. Just because he didn't go to like, I'm going to throw it. What's a just name like a North Carolina? I mean, that's what they thought. Just because he didn't just because he didn't go to North Carolina and go six and seven for a year doesn't mean that you know he's not as good of a hire as Jeff Rom. Right. Because that I mean that's. Let's be honest, he did a little less than what Satterfield did at App State, at WKU, and then went 6-7 and seven at Purdue for two years. Right. So, like, what? what's – I mean, are you, are you impressed? But I, I'm going to side with Andy here. We had, we had, like, a nuclear argument in, the, in our group chat about Jeff Brom, and I, I'm going to admit, I think Andy was probably right. I mean, and, if, if people don't know, props Andy, to Andy, by Andy the way. Andy is he, he's an extremely gifted rider, and he, he's probably the most level-headed – Maybe besides DJ of, of, of the group, <laughs> the, the most you know, the most unbiased of our, of our group, and, and you know, even throughout the entire conversation with, with uh, you know Brum basically not accepting the job and everybody's completely freaking out, he was kind of talking us, uh, talking everybody off a ledge, more like, you know, hey, in, in the short term, yeah, maybe Brum could have come in and just like made this offense crazy because there's a lot of talent on on this mm-hmm. team, right. um, but in the long term, I was, I was skeptical. Right, right. I, I think, I think that, right, right. I, I, mean, I think, right, right. right. I, we would I, take David. Uh, what's his last name? Blows. Yeah. We would take him out. We wouldn't have taken him because you right. guys thought Jawan was more talented than him. Right. Can well, you blame us, man? The coach spent the entire summer last year talking right. about him being was, better than Lamar. Was also a four star that picked us over Alabama. Right. right. Went into so Nick like, Saban's office and was like, you know what? I'm not coming to Alabama because you can't develop ooh, quarterbacks, buddy. <laughs> man. Let me tell you. But I, was, I mean, Bob, Bobby does have a better track record of developing quarterbacks. No doubt. And that's why that's why yes. Juwan Pass yes. ended up in Mobile, because of that exact reason. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, I mean, the, the conversation you got to think about, like right before Satterfield got hired, the conversation was, oh, what if, uh, what, what's the guy's name from Purdue? 
Rom? Oh, Rondell Moore. What, what Ron. if Rondell Moore comes? Because he was, was, he was going to come. Correct. Everybody no doubt. Saying, no yeah. doubt. I, I, I had, I had no doubt. And it would have been, you know, and I think that it would have been a, it would have been a le- lot less hype had the, the rooting, the recruiting class out of the state of Kentucky not been as good as it was because JJ Weaver was going to end up at Louisville. Yeah, you right. were going to have uh, Milton Wright at Louisville. You were going to have Sean Kelly, Mike Goff at Louisville. Like right. all of these dudes who were ballers. In the yeah. state of Kentucky, I'm not from Miami, so I know what you're thinking. Get no, 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 they like, are ballers, though. Right. In, in terms of the state of Kentucky, like we've not had a recruiting class like that in years, yeah. and so the lure of Brom coming in and being like, you know what, I'm going to get all these dudes to, you know, commit right away was big, mm-hmm. and now the rebuild is going to take a couple of more years because Satterfield does things differently. Yeah, he, I mean he does. Um, I think the first thing he has to do rebuild wise is find out who his quarterback is going to be. And ride with it. I think he should be starting Evans early in the season. I I hear you. The quarterback for Louisville is not on the roster right now. I got to believe that 100%. Right, right. And I I agree with that. I mean, hopefully we get a grad transfer. If not, I don't think we'll get a grad transfer. Um, But, I mean, I just don't think – I wouldn't trust a coach that thinks he can fix Jawan passed, mm-hmm. and all honestly, it might be trying to be like, you know, as you said, a butthole or whatever. But, <laughs> like, I, like I, I, I learned this being a Dolphins fan, watching Coach try to fix Ryan Tannehill. When you don't have it, you don't have it. I've seen Coach try to fix Blake Bortles. When you don't have it, you just don't have it. Right. And, and if, if Adam Gase can't fix Ryan Tannehill, man, nobody can. Exactly. Like, and, 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 I, and I learned that, you know, like, um, one of my favorite radio guys to listen to back in Miami, name is Big O, um, and he said, like, I knew Adam Gates wasn't the guy for the job when he said he could fix Ryan Tannehill. He was like, no, you can't. You can't right. fix Ryan Tannehill. Right. <laughs> but did, didn't Adam Gates, wasn't he the offensive coordinator for the Bears team that won like nine games with Josh McCown as the quarterback? No, no, no. That was Mark. Uh, Mark Tresnan was uh, the head coach. He was, coach. But he, he was, he was, he was in uh, Adam Gates was in Denver with uh, Peyton around that Okay, time. All right. I was going to say, because I know Adam Gates started in Chicago. At and and he, was, with he, was, he was working with um, Jake. I don't know who the Tim Tebow also. He was the quarterback coach when Tim Tebow went on his run. Okay. Yeah, okay. All right, I'll give you that. Um, you know, here's where I stand with Louisville right now. I, I think that, you know, there's a lot of things to be excited about. Uh, but I am – I'm I'm a level-headed Louisville fan, as crazy as that sounds. I understand that it takes time to rebuild. He takes that very personally, guys. I, I do take that very personally. He's, because you're in the level-headed percentile. There is a lot of Louisville fans who are like – just over the top. Like, I get annoyed yes. with our fan base sometimes when I, especially when you live on Twitter the way that I do. I probably not healthy. But, like, we are destined this year. Like, we're headed towards like a four or five win season, and Louisville fans are going to be like, Connor Satterfield. <clears throat> like, that's what I'm not looking forward to. I hope not. They get four or five wins with that's Charles. A that's a big deal, right, man. Right. Like, and I could see a scenario where they win six games because oh. Charlie Strong came in here his first year, and the roster was yeah, way he had, more. He had Teddy, though. He did. Okay, I'll give you There's that. There's no Teddy on this roster. I, but oh, he not this first year. No, he played with yeah, – wasn't Justin Burke his quarterback? Justin Burke. Yes. Uh, and Adam Broman. Yeah. And he turned and Bilal Powell into a star. Yeah. And that's Ash it. Okay. Year. And that's a good point. That, Conference USA. Just, that's our – I'll uh, give you that. I will Biggies, also give you that. Biggies. 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 But, but, yeah. but you're right. You're, but, right. you're but, still right, though. Still right. And, and still Louisville's right. got a really difficult schedule Ooh, this year. But yes. there are six winnable games. Like, I don't know if it's going to happen, but there are six winnable games. And – the talent that is on this roster, I think, isn't talked about enough. Like, yeah, there are a lot of holes. A lot of, a lot Look, of, a lot and of I think that it starts with the quarterback position, which makes everything really questionable, pop <clears> down. 
But when you're an offense that runs the ball 30, 40 times and you've got a backfield that is Jaguar Hawkins, which let's talk about we just claimed that nickname and we should make that well known. Jaguar but when you have like when that. you have Hassan Hall, you've got Colin Wilson, you've got Day Williams, Tobias Little, like the list goes on and on about running backs. Um, and then you have wide receivers like Tutu Atwell, you got Des Fitzpatrick, you know, you have talent on offense, and then you have a defense that I really believe has the speed. How much time did, did Bobby Petrino last year spend talking about speed oh on this team? Like, yeah. it's, oh, yeah. it's could, there. could have helped it. No, and it's there. Really they just couldn't coach it. Yeah, right. we're really fast. Really fast. We're, we're really going to run to the ball well this year. Speed City. <laughs> it put freaking, uh, what's the horse's name? Uh, uh, American Pharaoh. Yeah, yeah, on the cover. That grin every time he talked about speed. Uh, I don't think it, it was the other... Triple Crown. Whatever. Well, I can't, like, yeah, I wouldn't make it fair. I can't remember the net. A used car salesman trying to sell you no one piece of crazy like Right. It's got a bunch of like glue putting the car together. Like, he knows it's about to fall apart. And, like, but I he also believe like if draw pads would have been even half of what he bought, brought him up to be like he would sell a job. Yeah. And look, mm-hmm. I like it. You can't convince me otherwise that Bobby didn't know what Juwan was when he pulled him in game two against yeah. the Division Two program. Yeah. Like, he won double Okay, and whatever. You can't <laughs> you can't convince me that Bobby didn't know that. Yeah, like Bobby know. knew that he all along. That. Bobby knew it, and Bobby freaking sold it as if he had a Mercedes Benz. He did though. That that's why when people were like, "Oh no, he played good against Alabama," I was like, "I don't know what game you're watching." I mean, he did. I, 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 I won't pull him down 28 nothing. But, okay. All right. But, all right. but I don't want to get into rehashing the Alabama game. But the, the first two drives, Louisville had scoring opportunities and just dropped well, the it was, no, they put first, qu- <laughs> first quarter, I was like, okay. Yeah. The, right. the first quarter, I was content. I mean, they I'm were, sorry. Trey they were, Smith catches that wheel route. And that's a touchdown, right. man. Touchdown. And we had the lead at one point, yeah, but it got taken back. I was about to say, there was an overturned call. They were an overturned call away from taking the lead. Against that that took the which, momentum out of the sale. Just thinking about that, we like, were the one. I'm just kidding. <laughs> the the storyline going into last season. Hey, like, we want how does Louisville? How does Louisville find that one time that that uh that he beat Uncle Danny up the hill on the bike? Like you know, I'm talking about yeah, Little yeah, Giants. Yeah. Like like he just <laughs> how does Louisville do? You know, like now thinking back, we're like, God, I'm glad we just kept it within forty. Like, <laughs> but but let's look at the schedule. Let's see if we can find six wins. You want, you want yeah, here I'll pull it up. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I don't want to spend. We did this. Episode one, and we talked about the Notre Dame game, and we predicted who was going to win. We that had, we had like the game was next week, was right? Like we have so much time, and I, you know, I would be the first one to tell you that there are, I would say a hundred percent, there are a lot more transfers coming. Like this isn't it. Like there are no, more coming. Okay. That's fine. And that's fine. Like that's just more scholarships. It's it's mm-hmm. a lot like you know last year with Chris Mack. Like they had ten players, and you know Mack brought in three guys who did a really good job to kind of glue the roster together. Um, but the fact that he didn't use all six against a bunch to get a bunch of dudes who weren't going to do anything meant that the next year he was going to be able to bring in who he wanted, and that's what I fully believe is going to happen. And I'm having a hard time pulling the schedule. I got it. He's got it right here. But I, I was going to say real quick: Have we talked about TJ Holt since we started this podcast? No, we have not. We should. I'm super excited. Yeah, I'm pumped about TJ Holt. Look, I, I don't know how to say this without sounding like like you know an idiot, but. Give me a white linebacker all day long, man. Like, I can't wait to get a Brian Urlacher. Dude, now he's not Brian Urlacher skill, but looks. Give me a big, intimidating white linebacker. He needs a flow. He, the, the man needs to grow a flow. Yeah, he needs to grow that Brian Cushion, like, A.J. Hawk hair. Like, well, Ethan, you have the most pool among the student-athletes in 
on at this table. So like, <laughs> you definitely need to talk to my man and convince him just just not cut his hair until he graduates. I'll see. I'll All see right. what I can do. All right. All right, you got the schedule pulled out. First game of the season. Notre Dame. That's I mean, that's probably now. Eastern Kentucky, win number one. Yeah, we can all yeah, we yeah. can all agree. If you lose that game, we got a real problem. WKU, we beat them last year. We should be able to beat them this year. It, yeah. That game is in Nashville. I, I mean, I don't think Western Kentucky is going to be very good. But the the bait is winnable games. So it's winnable. Okay. So two two and one games at Florida State. That's we, a winnable game. We right? almost beat them last year. We had them beat. Otherwise. We Willie had them beat. Sold uh, anybody on being yeah, a good coach. Yeah. I don't think they're going to be very good next year either. Who's their quarterback? Nobody. Warnerbrook. They don't have a quarterback. It's going to be. It's going to be Blackman. But they like, just brought in Warnerbrook, right? That's first of all, got killed on the team. Too. Right, but they just brought in the kid of Wisconsin who went twenty six and two. Who Wisconsin fans could is garbage, be, and fans couldn't be happier to get rid of him. Like, garbage. <laughs> if he doesn't beat out Blackman, man, he I think it's both garbage. We'll do. We'll say two and a half. <laughs> if we're if we're talking percentages, Florida State, I'd say it's we UVL's got about a forty percent chance as it stands right now. To win. I think okay. just off town alone. I, I think if you yeah. go just off town alone, I think Florida so State. So by definition, be that wouldn't it would be a loss. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Be a loss. so just off town alone, we'll yeah. lose that game. Boston Boston two and two. Game. Uh, yeah, so Boston College at home. That, nope. that winnable. is winnable. That's yeah, winnable. They, they lose a lot. AJ right? Dillon is still in Boston College. Is oh, it? Oh, Lord. I'm I hope sure not. I seriously hope not. AJ Dillon I is still playing at Chestnut Hill. They were I'm about to look at him right now. Now, he's still there. He was only a sophomore last There's year. There's no way. There's no way. Now, he sent Chucky Williams to the ground as a freshman, man. True. I, You're right. I cannot I deal, I cannot so deal with him that's running all over us. Boston College was my first game in the press box as a credential media member, and after that, I never went back. <laughs> like, <laughs> I felt like I was responsible for them losing that game. Wait, wow. my, my first game ever was the Indiana game. The Indiana State game, I left. Yeah, right. I don't think I, don't, I was in the stands. If I would have been in the press box, it might have been different. But I was in the stands. I left it before it the game that, started. That game was 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 unbearable. Yeah. I will say that that Boston College when we lost to them at home with Lamar, I was yeah. that was pro, that was one of the first times I thought I don't know if this whole Bobby thing. Yeah, is gonna well, happen. Lamar was playing one on eleven. Like yeah, no, 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 he really was. Crazy, that was he had Nasty plays in that game. Too. One he on eleven in football is like, I mean, there's no sport where it's that's possible. Like, I mean, the football is completely different because of the way that the game operates. Mm-hmm. Basketball, you can win one on five, like because you know you can have four dudes filling space and like, right. if it makes you know whatever you got to do to get buckets. Football going one on eleven is impossible. Dude, Lamar game, went one on eleven and almost won. They were down fourteen in the fourth quarter. Louisville was, and everybody's like, "Oh, this sucks." And they literally like, three Lamar was like, "Sucks." Yeah, like, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> so at Wake Forest, right, that's a loss. All right. At really? Wake they really? lost to Wake Forest two years in a row. Like until yeah. they beat them, I'm yeah. gonna. I'm, and they have it's a really still, good quarterback, if I'm not mistaken. They do, they? but it's still Wake uh, Forest. Yeah, I was say, it's still Wake Forest. Are we talking winnable? I'd say Yeah, but it's still Wake Forest. They beat our yeah. asses for two years in a row. Like, what do you mean? But the, I feel like that's Bobby. Though. Matt Colburn is gone though. So I mean, Matt Colburn is also yeah, gone. The gray shirt curse could be lifted. No more L's down. Yeah. All right. What's next? I'm not even gonna say it. All right, so going on Virginia. It's Virginia. <laughs> um, so, all right, oh, so hold on. What's the that record? Us at? That puts us We're at one. Two, two wins. Two uh, and two four. And four. Two, two and four. four. Which I think that we could all agree that's probably no, the, yeah, mo- the best. Right, but I, the, I mean. The most likely scenario. The season is I still think Florida State and Boston right. College is doable. That, and I think Wake Forest is also doable. So we like, could. It's Wake Forest. That's five winnable games. Very like, much. Like, you could be headed half, into Clemson as what? Halfway through the season, yes. Oh, yeah, uh, or almost halfway. <laughs> I mean, seriously, though, you if you want to talk in one. Okay, so if we talk about... Would you want to pass a quarterback? Maybe. 
We don't know who the quarterback is. <laughs> we don't, yeah, sure. But I'm, okay, that. but all right, so we're talking about we, – we keep saying Boston College is winnable. Wake Forest is winnable. Florida State, you know, they're much more talented from top to bottom, but their yeah. coach is really taggered. Their quarterback situation is sketchy. Mm-hmm. I'm not Offensive saying, line is still going to be terrible. Offensive line could be the worst in the ACC, like legitimately could be the worst. Their offensive coordinator no. was – I believe they hired Art Briles' son. Like, I mean, let's not talk about, like, the devil not being out to get that team after that. I mean, yeah. you know, I'll toss that out <laughs> right. there. Okay. All right, so um, – uh, but okay, the worst yeah. potentially your worst would be would be four start two and four and best, best is four and one or four and two. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Clemson, I think we can three and three would be best. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would take. I take it, man. Yeah, I take it all day long. Like, three days. Okay. Anything winning at that point is awesome. <clears throat> so after Clemson, we would be what? That would be if you if four, you count those three, games three and four. And then Virginia. I, I think that's a loss. You yeah, bring, a loss. They bring, uh, they bring the whole team back. Which, yeah, they bring Jordan, that's uh, Jordan not, Hill is a running back. Argue that. You bring back uh, Blake Barnett, I think, is the quarterback. They're, they're going to compete for the Coastal. Time. Yeah, for sure. They're going to be – they were top 25 at the end of last year. Yeah. Yeah. We got the Miami, Miami home. Miami. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Marshall Tate played this shit. Tate Marshall, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of that, Miami's Miami. next. That's a loss, man. I, that is No, 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 no. No, 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 don't don't bring up the environment because the the stadium is like forty five minutes away from campus. No, no, yeah, so like it's really based on how good they are. If they're good, then that environment. And that's is a whole other right. schedule. Wait, we have to have the whole other game. We have to get into. Yeah, we'll get yeah. What they're at. I don't know if they're gonna be there. Not to right mention now. that maybe me and Jacob are gonna take it, take our talents to Miami. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking my talents to South yeah. Beach. Yeah, we're gonna take our talents so, to South Beach. So the big red hurricane. So what yeah. are we saying after the Miami game? What's what's the record? I mean, if you can, if you can, if you go back up and you say Boston College is a loss, you say Wake Forest is a loss, you say Florida State is a loss. Your only two wins are Eastern and Western Kentucky at that point. So you're like what two or five? I, I am two telling you what, man. I, I think know it's gonna this, be better. I, I do too, but I know this fan base well enough to know that it'll be full on panic mode oh, if they are two funny. and six headed into the. Into what do you season, what do you man. expect after last year? I get it. Pretty much at the same time. But that's like, the thing. Like it's last year. Like if you're competitive, maybe it's a little bit different. That's the thing. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna be, be competitive. I get it. But Louisville fans are like, we should be winning in every sport all the time, undefeated, never lost. Like okay. that's gonna be Louisville fans. For I mean, forever. I feel like that's most fan bases though. In, in any it that is, is. okay. It is. Any, I, any elite they, they could be athletic the state, they could be department. Syracuse. So that put them at four and seven going into UK and. Um, NC State is. They're not gonna be anywhere near the same team. They lose a saying. lot of talent. And that's we that's got we got Dwayne Ledford. Yeah, and they. And, and not to mention, uh, Eli Dergowitz was their offensive That's coordinator. Right. They, the, uh, they the lost like half their coach. staff, half their right. team. Like, Brian Finley is gone to the NFL. They lose Jalen, uh, or not Jalen Samuels, uh, Kelvin Harmon. They lose a lot of defensive talent. That's like, called a win. I'm going to call that a win. That's called that a win also. So what? And that will call Syracuse a win also. Is Eric Dungy yeah, still at Syracuse or is he gone? Dungy's gone. Yeah, okay, gone. so their quarterback is um, uh, oh, Devito is his last name. I can't remember. Tommy Devito. You were unbelievable with names. I just want to throw that. out I'm sorry, but has Eric Dungy not been hurt for like nine years in a row? That's true. Like they've been, <laughs> they've had a backup quarterback against us the, every year. So they really do. Walk around yeah. the streets of Louisville, Kentucky. I bet you find 400 people in a row that don't know who Syracuse's backup. I had no clue. I could run into a Syracuse fan. I'm not sure they'd know. So. Right. I would I would have said Dean James. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, we'll leave that up for. for I mean, look, yeah. there. Terry Wilson is back at quarterback. I don't. I Man, think, I think as he long sucks. as we don't have Terry Wilson at quarterback, I feel pretty good about our quarterback situation. Sure, like, he is terrible. They don't have Benny Snell. 
I, I don't want to dive into some of the problems with Cash Daniel. I, I mean, I would be shocked if he's playing day one next year. They I mean, lose nobody's, Josh Allen. Nobody's addressed it, though. Nobody has talked about it one Well, bit. yeah, that's because whenever any UK player does, has any problems off the field, it always gets swept under the rug. And it, yeah, I, mean, right, I, I completely yeah, agree. He's probably going to play this year. They, and then they lose a couple of guys in secondary. They're not going to be the same team next year. No, but no, 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 no. they do bring in Demonte Crumbs from Louisville. They bring in J.J. Weaver from from yeah, uh, Louisville, they bring in Jared Casey. Yeah, I get it, but freshmen play a lot of times for teams yeah, but like that. I mean, like, you're right, but, like, I mean, they're still losing their best player. They're yeah. top – no, they lose their best two players. Jo- yeah. I mean, Josh Allen's going to be a yeah, top exactly, pick. Yeah, exactly, Benny Snell. There's nobody they're bringing in that's going to – No, for sure. And I don't – I couldn't tell you who they're back and running back. I don't right. I don't yeah. think they're going to be very good. They yeah, lost. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yes, last year was an anomaly. Like, it was. Yeah. Yeah. The, the reasons they were good – are gone. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, like, and, like, I'm very weary of teams that win a lot of close games mm-hmm. from the following year. Because if you're, like, you're, you're squeaking out, you're getting a lucky bounce here and there, then next year you're going to mm-hmm. come back down to earth because, you know, um, the the average is going to even out. And then you're going to come back down to earth and you're going to lose some of those games that you were squeaking out. I mean, they're winning games, like, 14-7. Like, when they beat Missouri on the last play off of a – Pass interference, and then they got another play. Like, and Missouri well, wasn't that good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like, yeah. that's why they got, you know. Right. Well, I, I think that, to your point, I was with, with, with Kentucky, there's nothing scheme-wise that you look at that you're like, you yeah. know, like, oh, man, they got a great culture going on. They have, you know, they, they just have this. Like, they're used. Quali- like, they had Josh Allen, and they had Benny Snell. Those are two, right. two great players. Right. I mean, like, that's. I don't, know, I don't know Benny will go first round. No, but no chance. Not a three round of four. Still really, nine, still really four. good. Yeah, right. still a guy that, I mean, he, could, he has an yeah, and, and look, but you could say the same thing about Louisville the last few years, right? Louisville could have just been an anomaly, right? They had Jair Alexander and Lamar Jackson on the same team. It's a very similar situation now. Look, Lamar Jackson is a lot better yeah, than Benny yeah, Snell. Yeah, like, yeah. like, let's not even begin to compare yeah. those two guys. But it's the same thing, right? You, right. you know, teams can get lucky. Not saying Louisville got lucky because I think there's a lot of other talent on that roster over the last I, few years. I think but that 2015-2016 is probably one of the most talented teams in Louisville history. In all honesty. No, I, 16, I, I definitely agree. I think yeah, it competes. I, I'm not willing to say that it's this? better than the, that. That's the, the, think about it. They went the down to the wire, yeah. With Clemson, who won as a championship game. Right, they right. Were, but they then they lost to Houston and Kentucky to, to win that, that, to yeah, close that. that season. Look, and, and I will go ahead and tease it here first. We're going to have Colin Hobon on in a few weeks. We're going to talk about that, and we're going to get some real in-depth uh, about what yeah. happened. You said a few weeks? In a few weeks. When yeah. the season, when the basketball season is over, oh, we're going to dive right. into what happened in that year and what – because I fully believe that that was the demise of global football. Mm-hmm. It, it was, because statistically, it's it, it, it that mm-hmm. – the stats support that thesis. I mean, right. they only won two games against winning programs since that moment. Like right. they were, like I wrote an article on that with the Cardinal Connect. Uh, it was they fell off a cliff. I don't they know did, what, and that what, doesn't happen with good teams who have an established right. culture and a, a winning a winning win, which right. we thought Louisville was headed for, right? But I mean, yeah. Louisville had a legitimate shot to play for a national championship. I, I think they were one we, yard short. We were legitimately a top ten, a top five team that year. Yeah, no, no, legitimately. Yeah, because it, it showed. Like when we, I remember, I think it was against like Wake Forest, where we were hanging around Wake Forest, and we finally just turned it on. Boom, we beat yeah. the Forty State sixty-two to ten. Yeah, right? the efficiency like, of the offense. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that doesn't happen, man. We, like, Remember that that Syracuse game? We just like yeah, just was, knocked off like three, three touchdowns in like four plays. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I think we put about seventy. Uh, like we 
that year was that's gonna be one year we're gonna look back and be like, wow, like the fact that we didn't do more that year. Now, I think that that will, that year will haunt Louisville football until Scott Satterfield does something. I swear. Like, look, like I don't, I don't mean to be a pessimistic fan here, but like if we don't ever get back to that, like that, yes. that's okay. Like that, yes. like that means that, like when you look at Clemson, you look at Florida State and the potential of how dominant the ACC can be. Like Louisville is always competing for third place in in their division right. for the most part, right? right. So, the, like, let's not act like Florida State's not going to be back up. Like, I don't exactly. think I don't think Willie Tiger's going to be the long term option there as nope. head coach. Nope. I don't think that they're going to be down for very long. They could bounce back this year, but like Louisville is always going to be competing for second best at, at the best in the ACC. And if they don't ever get back to where they were that year. Like that's okay. Louisville fans have to accept that that's just not what this program is. For, you know, like I, I don't know. That sounds that sounds kind of ludicrous well, to say, but I, like I, that year was an anomaly because <clears throat> of the talent in your quarterback. He is a legit once in a generation player. Well, definitely. And you're you're in cultural and you're in fanhood purgatory right now because you basically had all the early two thousands where they were just on the up and up. Like every year, like obviously mm-hmm. you have the crack years, but like. Every year they were spoiled by, by not playing in that great of a conference. Like the Big East right. had good years, like 2006. And, and they like beat with, a really okay Wake Forest team in the Orange Bowl. Like not right, to take away right. that win because that team with Brian Brom and and Harry Douglas and all those guys, mm-hmm. like that was a talented football team. But it pales in comparison to the talent on that team in the 15, 16 with Lamar Jackson. Right. Like, well, let's well, you, be got, you got to think about this. Pretty soon, a, a, well, I mean, right now, a good amount of our fan base, for as long as as we can remember. Including myself, Louisville football has been really good. Yeah, like mm-hmm. I, I barely remember most of the Cragthorpe years, mostly because I was young and it was kind of forgettable. But yeah. other than other than that, Bobby's first tenure, I remember that. I mean, obviously we were dominant. Charlie uh, Strong, Charlie mm-hmm. Strong, we were awesome. That that was that was when I fell in love with with Louisville sports. I mean, how could you not, man? That team, and, I mean, and that, then, that, the way that they just carried themselves was exactly. unreal. Exactly. The culture was awesome. And then right right after that, Lamar. Like that, that's literally, that's my whole life. Dude, right you know there. We've so been awesome at football. Lamar, Bobby didn't even want Lamar. Like, yeah, that's no, what yeah, drives me nuts, man. The arrogance Jeez. of that man to think that, that, that a kid like Lamar, the way that he played, couldn't play at Louisville just, I mean, it just, but there was a lot of coaches that thought that. Because a lot of coaches wanted to switch to receivers. So I, so I, I could understand. I could understand. He, I mean, he's a starting quarterback in the NFL now. And yeah, there's still people A franchise quarterback. Yeah, right, yeah. right. So. Yeah. All right, so let's uh, – right. we're, we're going really long here. Uh, how many wins did we say? I know. Uh, I mean, I think, I, mean I think Louisville wins four. If Louisville doubles the win total, that would be a successful first season. Mm-hmm. I think that they're going to end up finding a way to win at least five. I think, I think, I think, five I think four is the low. But yet again, man, like you, you, you know, I think DJ, you're you're hitting the nail on the head. Like we don't know who the quarterback is on this team, and and quite frankly, two of the kids that are being talked about just aren't very good. Like I don't mean to be mean, but yeah, like, I just don't think Malik Cunningham. Like, and, I watch, I watch. I mean, me, Ethan, you watch them in practice. I mean, they don't look, they don't look any better. Yeah, like, and, and another thing that I, I want to throw out there: if they look that bad with a Quarterback guru, why would I think they would look better with? I mean, I'm just honest with worse coaching from the for the quarterback position because I mean, with Bobby, with Bobby coaching you, right? No, I, I hear you with that, but we've had this conversation time and time again, and I think it's going to take somebody who was. I think it would take talking to a quarterback, talking to yeah. somebody who had some right. intimate knowledge of how things went there and the, the way that the program ran. But Frank Ponce to say that he is, you know, a, a better coach in terms of 
quarterback coach. Now, I'm not talking about Bobby Petrino because we all know Bobby Petrino's had a hands-on role with the quarterback mm-hmm. for as long as he's been yeah, available. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's what you mean. I, the way that the things went last year, I am not willing to say that he did. I really believe, and I don't know this as a fact, but I believe that there was a Bobby Petrino took a step back in handling the quarterbacks, and it you saw it on the field. Like, right. And uh, you talk about you, you see uh, Malik Cunningham talk about this offseason just like we're doing the little things this year that we didn't do last year. I think that that makes a huge difference. But when you're not that good at the quarterback position and you're not like ready to to be a quarterback at the ACC level, I don't think it matters. Like yeah. you, you know, if you can't throw the ball longer than five or ten yards, you know, in an offense that requires you to be able to to make plays on the run, be able to to hit guys while you're moving, yeah. like then you you know, it doesn't matter who your quarterback mm-hmm. coach is, you just can't do it. So, mm-hmm. all right. Uh, we spent a lot of time on football, and I'm kind of glad we did because I think that that was a good, you know, really good conversation about things. And and I think that fans need to take a step back and just kind of understand where the program is right now, understand what needs <clears throat> to be done in in terms of pruning the roster. I think that that's a big deal for Satterfield and his in his coaching staff. Uh, but let's transition into the last uh, the last bit of the show. DJ, you're new, so you've not done this yet, but this is a segment that we call "Take It or Leave It." Take it or leave it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there you there go. Perfect. Is. So basically what this is, is yeah, yeah. Uh, for all of you guys listening for the first time, DJ, for you uh, being here with us, is we're going to present a statement, uh, uh, just a basic statement, and you're going to either take it as in, yes, that is going to happen, book that, that is 100% going to be the case, or leave it. Not a chance that that happens. I don't think it's happening. So let's dive right into this. Number one, Louisville will make it to the Sweet 16. Ethan? Take it. Take it. Leave it. Yeah, I'm leaving that. I, I just don't see a scenario where they get past Michigan State. Number two, Louisville can win a game without Jordan Juarez, or Jordan Juarez, their leading scorer. DJ? Uh, leave it. Yeah. Leave it. Leave it. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to leave that as well. I think that's pretty simple. Jordan Juarez has to be your best player to win in a tournament like this. Uh, number three, VJ King plays more than 10 minutes in a game. Take it. Yeah. Take it. Take it. Take it. Yeah, there that's that's a that's Dude, an easy question. Pro this guy. All right, uh, number four, Louisville out-rebounds Minnesota. DJ? Uh, leave it. I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it as well. I am also going to take it. I think Louisville's going to come in with a mindset to out-rebound Minnesota, even if that's the only thing that they do well. Uh, number five, this one's, good. <laughs> this one's real good. Uh, mention of Rick Pitino before the under-16 timeout. DJ? 16? Under-16 timeout. Under. So you're gonna take that or leave that? You think it's gonna be after the under 16 timeout? Wait. Okay. Wait. All right. So here's the question. Let me reset. Right. The announcers will talk about Rick Pitino before the first time out. Before the first time out. Oh, they'll talk about that. I'm taking that. Yeah. I'm taking yeah. That. I'm, I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take it. They're gonna. Here's what's gonna happen. We're gonna open up here. All right. Here we go. Louisville, Minnesota. Rick Pitino. Yeah. Instantly, yeah. first thing. Like, if the, I think that they talk about that in the opening statement yeah, of yeah. the game, like I, that I think is the. Draw. It doesn't help too that he has the same name as, as his son. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't help. They're gonna. Right. They're gonna. Oh well. Well, they accidentally say Rick Pitino instead of Richard Pitino. Take it or leave it. Yeah, take, take that. it. One hundred percent. They might just even start full out calling Rick. Yeah, this is Rick Patino, yeah. like just great, for the fun of it. Great play drawn up there by Rick. Yeah. yeah. All right, number five uh, or number six. I'm sorry. Uh, a 14 seed or higher will win a NCAA tournament game. I think we yeah, this one already. Yeah, we've talked about that quite <clears throat> ad nauseum here, Ethan. I'm gonna leave it. Did you not? You didn't you pick Purdue no, to lose? Okay. All right. All right. So you pick Purdue yeah, to lose. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna take it. You taking Yale, LSU? All right. Sure. I'm taking Georgia State, Houston. 
And one of those is happening. I, I'm going to go ahead and announce, ladies and gentlemen, I'm resigning from the Big Red Louie podcast to start the Georgia State podcast. You can have your Georgia State one. You can have your Iowa State. Yeah, I, I, just, I, I, I got a yeah. good friend of mine. He, he went to Georgia State, but he tried for USC. So, oh, it's not Kevin Ware. What's no, it's not Kevin Ware. What state okay. school do you want? Because we got we got Georgia State, we have Iowa State. I'll take Murray State. Go Cyclones to Murray. Mm-hmm. But what, what we got? Miami State. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Florida State. Yeah, that would be the default. Yeah. yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, and here is the last one. We will close the show on this. Seven ACC teams are in the tournament. Four of them will make the Sweet Sixteen. Do you guys need me to to tell you who these seven teams are in the ACC? No. Okay. Four of them. So, four. the four teams will make the ACC, uh, the Sweet 16. So, that's Duke, Virginia Tech, uh, Florida State, North Carolina, Virginia, Louisville, Syracuse. and Syracuse. Is that that's, under four? You yeah. should have put that at five. Should have put it, sorry. Yeah, because uh, that would be, yeah, like, like, it's almost like. The only, the only region where I see that not happening is the West, but I think it would have. Florida Florida State and Syracuse are the two ACC teams in that region. Yeah, we should have put the five. Okay, yeah. so let's reword the question. Let's five teams. Uh, then now I can go under at four. So you're going to leave it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see four. All right, so you're going to leave it. I'll take it. Okay. Um, I, the, the only teams I really question is Syracuse running into Gonzaga. I, I question Louisville running into Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll take it. Though. I'm going to take it. All right, I'm, I've been confused. So five of them will make the Sweet 16. I'm going to leave it. I that. think, yeah, I think Virginia Tech's going to get upset early. Um, I think Syracuse, yeah, Syracuse isn't going to make it past Gonzaga. Yeah, they very well could lose to Baylor. Uh, North Carolina is obviously going to make it. Obviously, I think uh, I've said it all show long. I think Louisville's going to lose to Michigan State. Um, Virginia will make it to the Sweet 16. I don't see Ole Miss or Oklahoma beating them. Like that's gosh, that's the worst matchup in the tournament. Ole Miss and Oklahoma. It's, it's Can so anybody gross. hear name one player on either of those teams? <clears throat> nope. nope. No, I can, but that's just because I watch way too much college yeah, basketball. Yeah, I was about to say. Like, you can tell <laughs> me Ole Miss is what was that jerk's name side. that played for Ole Miss? That's the only Ole Miss player I can think of. Marshall Henderson. Oh, yeah. Marshall I, Henderson. I only know about these teams. I bet. Yeah. Uh, right. But that's it. I just know them because I don't I'm, look a, at names. I'm a nerd, I look at like man. Right. what you do well as a team. You rebound, you score points, you defend. I don't care about the players. I got to see, can you stay within the spread? And can, can you, you win me some money? Yeah, that's what I care yeah, about. Jacob just knows that, that Ole Miss is power forward. His girlfriend has 16,000 followers on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, no, that's I don't know. Yeah, you're there, man. No, you're not tracking models on Instagram. Oh, or whoa, no, I wasn't talking about Instagram models. I mean, oh, okay, all right. I'm just talking. I'm just talking. You just know every, I, I every am game a, of every yeah, player. So I am a huge like. college basketball stat nerd. Like I potentially may keep some stats on my computer. I'm, I'm not willing to admit that. Um, and sometimes I like to track random teams based off of who their coach or their players are. Ole Miss is not one of them, and neither is Oklahoma. Oklahoma was last year because of Trey Young. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think that Oklahoma and Ole Miss is the worst game in the tournament. Like yeah. that's a game that I Garbage. think I'd rather watch the Bachelorette than that. You, you love the you don't, think, you don't think Duke versus North Carolina Central University? No, no, because I want to see Zion play. Okay, okay. Right. Can you like? Th- there's something fun in like a bunch of dudes that have no business being on the court with Zion, You're trying right. to guard Zion. No, like, right. like, right. You are actually. Can you imagine like good, like thirteen like twelve year olds trying to outrun you? Like yeah. that would be entertaining for somebody who enjoys running. You're right. 
Yeah. By the time I talk about basketball. Um, all right. Last thought. Hannah B, does she find love on The Bachelorette this season? Well, I will say yeah. this. There's a teacher from Trinity on The Bachelorette. He right. is a contestant. Can, can, can he go Super Saiyan Blue? <laughs> <laughs> so, so the one thing I'll say about The Bachelor this year, they did, they did this weird thing where they released the names or they released the pictures and the bios mm-hmm. of the guys before the season started, which is unusual. Normally, it's like a like a last-minute reveal. And you thing. meet five before the season starts. Right. On One the, of them was, yeah, was right. the guy from Louisville, right? No, he was not on that was show. On. No, he was not on the show, no. Regardless, I saw the pictures. It looks like a bunch of nerds. Yeah. She, so she could be a, could be a nerd. I don't know. Well, yeah. She's not a Bama fan. So I feel like they're going to have a lot of... Think of they're going to have a hard time. That's true. That's true. They're going to have a hard time finding a, a lot of drama. So here's, a, here's something I'll throw in there, and we'll end the show on this. This is Louisville-related. The picture that he has on, um, I think it's on his Bachelor profile, there's a Louisville poster in the background. And I just want him to say the first thing when he gets up to the limo is, we want Bama. Like, I just want that to be the thing that he tells her. Cause she's a, so for you two who aren't married or engaged, um, the way that The Bachelor and Bachelorette works is there's like, you know, the girl or the guy is waiting and the guys or the girls or the contestants come out of the limo and they try to impress them in like 30 seconds and they say stupid stuff and... Uh, she's a huge Alabama fan. She says "roll tide" like every other word, and it's Jeez. annoying to tell. Yes. But if this dude gets out of the limo and is like, "We want Bama," book it. He's winning the damn show. He might. I won't be watching. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one day when you get married, if you have a wife who does uh, like The Bachelor or Bachelorette, you will right. be watching and you this will be my household, we'll be watching uh, other sports. <laughs> See, watching like, like, yeah. All right. Well, we uh, we thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, as I said at the beginning of the show, you can find us on Twitter at the Big Red Louie or online at bigredlouie.com. Our Twitter handles, uh, you can follow me at Jacob Lane underscore BRL Presley. You can find him at Meyer underscore Presley at Ethan Sproles. Daniel Bienemy, right? Daniel underscore Bienemy. Goes by DJ, but his Twitter handle is Daniel. I'll let you guys figure that out. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Go cards. <laughs>